0: Hey, what's up, guys? This is Dylan Palladino, and this is We're All Psychos, another episode of the acclaimed show that I run. It's my show. That's right. My show. Okay. Anyway, today we have a really one of my favorite episodes I think I've ever recorded. It's with comedian Gastro Almonte. He's an amazing comedian, a very insightful guy, and just a really good person. And we have A great conversation. One of the longest we've had in a while. Went over two hours. And I'm telling you right now, man, it's worth it listening to the entire thing. Truly. Uh, We recorded... We were supposed to record this yesterday, and then he couldn't make it, so we recorded it today, January 6th. And we did not know that we were going to go from talking about Kim and Kanye getting divorced to uh, people storming the Capitol and trying to stage a coup. A potential one. Not a huge one, but... I think some people might call it a coup. Anyway, no no point in arguing about that. We talk about that. We talk about, you know, humanity. And then we end with him revealing that he discovered he was diabetic over the pandemic, over the quarantine, and what he had to deal with coming to terms with that and going into an almost diabetic coma in the hospital alone for a week, not able to see his family or friends or even get an iPhone charger from his wife. It's pretty deep stuff. I enjoyed all of it. There's nothing else I can say. I, I don't want to take up any of your guys' time with my dumb voice because you'll hear enough of it in the episode. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been rating and reviewing. Uh, really appreciate it, guys. Keep sharing Keep sharing the show. We're, we're slowly but surely. We're growing, baby. 2021, we're going to get even bigger. I'm not going to say 2021 is going to be a good year because I'm not trying to jinx it, but let's hope so. All right, without further ado, here are the words you love to hear. Please welcome Gastro Monti.
1: Are you crazy? Are you crazy, You're We're crazy. all psychos. crazy man. The You like that? Did you like that? With guns, paladino.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, like, I was just having uh, my convo, uh, this convo with Gabby yesterday. Uh Um, Like, I felt like, uh, like, normally when people talk about progress, they imagine it being like an even slope, and it's not. It's like, I felt like I'm always on a flat line, and then
0: it clicks, and I elevate. It's very bumpy. Yeah. And sometimes you go up, and then you regress. Yeah. Which is the most annoying thing. You're like, why? I thought I was, I I mean, that happens with stand-up all the fucking time. Yeah. Because for, like, three you know, a month or two months, like, oh, I got this, I got this joke, I'm feeling good on stage, and then you eat a dick, and you're like, what what? Yeah. All well, right, so do I, do I know how to do this or not? Because it feels <laughs> like I don't anymore. Dude, I felt that yeah.
2: the literal day of my album dropping.
0: Oh, my album yeah. comes
2: out, and I go to do this show uh on an LES, and, okay. um... It's a workout show, you know, but it's it's a it's a well-produced show. I forget Homeboy to put me on. Where um, uh, what's I wanna you, say Santiago uh put me down for that show. Do you remember
0: where the uh what room it was? It's
2: that uh it's that small it's the bar where um from the pictures it's uh black, but there's like a lot of like white lights in the background. It's really photogenic, but the room probably holds 20 people.
0: Damn, I'm trying to think um, not
2: Lucky Jacks. I don't believe so. I'm, I'm blanking on it. It's one on the of name. those LES bar Yeah, yeah it's an LES bar show. Um, but like it's a it's a well-respected mm-hmm. workout room, you know. So like uh my peers are there, you know, like uh I bump yeah, into yeah, yeah. Anthony
0: DeVito, you know, I see Greg Stone. I see oh, people I think I know what you're talking about. It's it's is it black curtains and then
2: Yeah, like there's a, a lot of like real like the lighting looks
0: dope for pictures i think it has a billiards room behind it. i want to say that too yeah, yeah. okay I, I don't know where it is but i know i know the room yeah i think i might i think i might have seen you there really yeah, it's possible I like think, you know I, we do a yeah. lot of work you know what i mean but, but like right at right because when did your uh album drop it was or uh, when did
2: your special drop it, the it was april of uh 2019 so now okay. a year and a half ago but uh yeah Look. like it comes out and like uh you know, I walk in the room, and we're, we all know the work that goes into that. So everyone mm-hmm. is proud. They're like, hey, yo, Gaston, dope work. Yeah, I heard good, it. Job. good job. And I'm feeling good. But I also know I got to work on new shit now. Yeah. Right? So everyone gives me props, and then I eat a dick, a dick yeah. right in front of them because I have nothing that I can do anymore. I had to try new stuff, you know, and it's not like a, a paid gig where like I could use my old material. Yeah, yeah That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. whole reason I'm here. I need to work new material new stuff. Yeah. So I literally had 12 minutes of nothing. Like it died. Every, everything I did oh, didn't dude, work. So like there's comics. So like, it's not that they're famous, but like they're further along or they're people that I respect or their peers. Um, and like Anthony in particular, like that's someone who's yeah. like he's someone I, I genuinely like respect his craft and um I look up to him as a comic. So like beforehand, he gives me congrats. And afterward, he's still honest enough to like not like give me that fake love because yeah. we're that far along too. So like he looks at me like, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, that and, was bad. and that hurt, you know. So uh yeah, that never goes away. I love that that's the process. Um <laughs> If I didn't feel that, I wouldn't have been writing again, being frank. You I think what that.
0: it it keeps you uh, scared yeah. in a good way. Yeah, it keeps you scared like the potential that you can bomb keeps you scared to go. I, I, I cannot sit on my laurels on this stuff because even when you when you do stuff that, you know, works, if you're not giving it. And really, because we've all been done bits when we've done them for, you know, because especially in the beginning, yeah. a lot of people don't realize, like, the fr- I didn't realize this when I first started to stand up. If you see someone six or seven years in and they do a joke that's crushing, they've probably been doing that joke for five years. Yeah. Truly, because f- those first, those those years that you're really, those elementary, elementary years, I don't know why I couldn't say that <laughs> word, <laughs> elementary years that you're really just, like, forming it and and trying and trial and error when you find something that works you just run it and run it and run it yeah and so how you when you start to get even too confident in those bits and you don't give it your full energy you can see those bomb yeah and that's when you go oh shit i can't i can never just walk on stage and be so chill and confident that i'm gonna phone it in yeah only only people that the only people that are phoning it in uh, they have audiences that are just there to see them and that like them. Right. And a lot of times that's when you see really famous people uh, not be as funny anymore. Yeah. Because I, they have crowds that know them.
2: Yeah. And I feel like uh, they don't realize it until I, until the special.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
2: they're in the in the crowd, they're killing. So like I'm crushing. Yeah, yeah, this stuff's great. But then the reviews or like people that are uh, not biased. You know, that you're not a fan. You're just listening to the
0: mm-hmm. material. You're like, yo, that that's not really hitting like that. Um, it's not that good. Yeah, that's exactly. why you gotta have people around you that are like, yeah, it's not that's not great, bro. Right. Yeah, which is hard to do, man. It, yeah, you it gotta is. have friends that can tell you you gotta work on that. You Real know, shit. or you can say, hey, you know, you gotta maybe here's a t-, or whatever it is. But it's not easy. Yeah. I mean. I, it's got to be difficult though Like Kevin Hart, Chris Rock amy People that are up there When they start having joke writers that help them right. I get it to a certain degree Because they got so much shit going on They got people trying to pull them all over the place like, And they have the pressure to put out a special right. I feel like it can be too much So they got to get some help Yeah. But at the same time I, I go like Just wait then you know, right. That's my a, pull argument. Pull a Kendrick. Pull yeah. a Kendrick. And what? Like Kendrick is the best example. This dude is the top of the rap game, and he he doesn't put out. He doesn't pull a Future and put out spe- uh, put out a fucking <laughs> album. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I love Future, dude. Future's the, but, but, the, but Future's idea is he's got the Gary v- uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk idea, yeah. which is like put out as much content as you can. All the and time. one in every ten is going to be good. And it's one hundred songs a day. Exactly. One of them will be a banger, and that's all that you need. And that works in today's – you know, that's what we're all doing with social media and all that shit. We're just trying to churn out stuff. But for those people at the top, wait. You know, really just perfect that shit so it can be fire. Yeah, because that's that's all it is. Like it just – I don't care if you put out a
2: special every month, being honest, if you have a special every month's worth of shit to say. Yeah. You know, so like, you know, when – Chappelle, to me, is the example of both. Yeah, he's he got both. mad time between specials when he has nothing to say. Uh-huh. By the same token, we had four specials in a year and a half. Exactly. Because he had shit to say. You know, and he'll and tell you. Some of them were better than
0: others. Right. But they still, yeah, exactly. He still, he, it's just, I think what happens with Chappelle is that he will just think, like, this, this dude I mean, he's a genius. We all can just admit that he's, like, this comedic genius. Well, he would just have ideas on so many things that he knows how to make them perform for an an hour. But also, they are different specials. Like, Bird Revelation is different than Equanimity or um, Sticks and So- Whatever those ones are. Some of them are more joke, 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 joke. Bird Revelation is more a 20-minute story at the end. But still, even with that, you're right. He, He is- churning out material faster than most people but he's earning it right he's not if he put out bullshit people would go oh Chappelle's you know he's losing it
2: and and in turn I think he's comfortable enough and he's shown it already where when he either needs time for himself or he wants to go away he will like it's not just he doesn't feel the pressure of I need to do something new every year he just happened to have well thought out thoughts at least uh, to his standards to put those out which is what matters
0: people worry that they're going to get forgotten, like artists, mm. you know? And if you've really done great work and you make a fan, you, you got to make the fan base first. Yeah. In the beginning, you will be forgotten if you haven't put out enough stuff because there's so many other people trying to climb to the to that first level of the mountain. And there's many levels. Yeah. And, you know, once you get to a certain level, then you have at least some fans that will always remember you. But... You know, like Rihanna, you know? She hasn't put out an album in I don't even know how long. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. But people are still waiting, and they want the album. You yeah. still hear people like, oh, 2020 was supposed to be R9 or whatever the album was supposed to be called. Right, right. People are still waiting for that shit, you know? Yeah. People are – if you are good enough, you can you can take time for yourself. It's yeah. like, like, I said, like I said with Kendrick, and it almost makes people respect you more that you go, I'm not going to – just put out a bunch of BS. You know, I think um, even the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like what, like, I grew up with that band, so they're one of my favorites. Yeah. And um, it, sometimes, you know, I mean, they're a great band, but also sometimes the bands that you grow up with, they just always are cemented as some of the best in your mind. Uh, they waited like a long time between some stuff. Right. But when they did, they they delivered. That's the exactly. thing. That's what you gotta do. You have to deliver. You, yeah. can't, you, you can't. <laughs> can't wait five years and then drop a whack mixtape, you know? You can't wait five years and then drop a bunch of open mic level stuff. There you go. And then people are like, "What? where have you where have you been, dude? In Tulum? Yeah, you know I get I mean? it. But also <laughs> write something. So be perfect is what exactly, was saying. Exactly, guys. No matter what, you gotta you gotta kinda be perfect <laughs> is the thing. But yeah, so um so you what, you dropped the special in April. Yeah. And and then you were, so how much time did you get before the pandemic hit? Like how much new I, stuff did you get? Maybe
2: not as much as I'd want. I'm probably, I would say I got like another half. Yeah. Yeah. Like realistically, like mm-hmm. it was like, uh, I was under a year, uh, from like the release to that. And, uh, right. Cause you're talking about like April till, uh, maybe til February, February. Right. Yeah. So we're under a year, a, um, B, um, Even in that April and May, while I was starting to write, I wasn't performing as much because so much of that time period, um, you spend it promoting, you know, like my focus Uh, was on that. So like, you know, um, like every night instead of doing an album, I would do a podcast because I knew that that would get listeners or I do interviews, you know, so. Whereas if I go do a set like you know that's thirty people seeing me work new material, but I can't do those sets at the clubs because then you know they're gonna see the material from the album. So it was it was counterproductive to me. Oh, okay. So okay. I felt like that time was better used a doing Mike Stern like the early afternoon to work new stuff, and then spend the evenings doing all the promo work I could do, um, being more active on social, etc. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, I don't think I had the time to like develop. Uh, new stuff the way I would have wanted to. My my dream scenario was to put out another hour this past year. I wanted to like um, record it, but as just, you I mean, know, yeah, no one's no one's doing that except a couple for, like, people
0: did. Yeah, Samiril did, and I mean, good for him for trying it. But it's also I mean, on those being on roofs and shit, it's just hard. Yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love that that people did that. Yeah, for real, because it's like, no, I'm not gonna let this. I'm going to do shows outside, and I'm going to release it. What the hell? That, right, that, right. That's what YouTube is kind of perfect for. Yeah. It's like, okay, I got an idea. Let me do five roof shows. See if I can stitch together 45. What the hell? Why not? Some people want to see it. Yeah. But for most people, that's not practical. Right. It's going to take a lot of money. You're not going to really make anything off of that. Yeah. And you know, you also don't have the time to run that stuff. Right. I bet you, even Sam would say, yeah, I, I did not have enough time to run half. Half as much as I wanted to for these jokes.
2: Yeah, you know? easily. Like you, you're missing out a, a step there, and you know he's far enough along where like he he can skip certain steps in terms mm-hmm. of like in term like not skip them, but the steps take less time because he's already done certain work. Like he's already thinking and joke structure in his head. Yeah, whereas yeah. you know that first special is the material that he learned how to write jokes with. Mm-hmm. You know so. It, it, it takes longer to develop. But yeah, and to your point, he also has uh, certain connects and benefits that allow him to even consider doing something like that. It's just not open to most people.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good stand-up after, though.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. excited. I really think that like um, anytime you have a lot of time to yourself to really be reflective, it shows in the art um i think that's gonna happen b um i also think that because of the situation you're gonna have the people that are still doing stand-up are really into stand-up like yeah, this filtered out a lot of people that i agree you know like you might have liked it you might have even been talented but you weren't willing to do what we're willing to do we're willing to get shit on yeah for a long time so like this changed that like you know so this is going to be a, a, a rare breed. We're going to have like this. This is going to be like 9-11, but specific <laughs> yeah. to comics in that regard. Like, it's a, a thing that bonds us. Like, we're going to know, yo, we survived that. Yo, you you did, our shows, you did outdoor
0: shows in New York back in the pit. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember seeing Homie at Tiny Cub or whatever. Yeah. You know, a so. Couple, yeah. The, I, I didn't get to do any of the park shows, but I know a lot of people did them, and they sucked ass.
2: Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a, a show. It was fun. It was freaking cold. It was. I wanna say it was like maybe like twenty degrees in the story apart with what? the homie Jared Waters. Damn. And it was uh it was super cold, but there was sixteen people in the audience willing to listen to us, like real audience, not they like
0: They wanna, yeah, they wanna they, they wanna see, to see it. it. They wanna hear
2: it. So like A, like, it made me super appreciative of the conditions we had before and be the dynamic of what we have in new york that' like I could still work material in Wild. 16 degrees in december like people still willing to come out listen to me like mm-hmm. that's a blessing man so um I won't do it again
0: but uh, no, 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 no. Uh, just i just know that I at I least once yeah and like, then after that you go I
2: think I'm dude, think i'm good for a while that was like like uh it was one of the bougie moments for me like I feel like I'm not far along, but I have enough TV credits that I don't have to be in this weather right now. Exactly. So I was like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, I'm glad I tried this. I will never do this again. I will
0: get to say I did it, but also I have a family and kids. Exactly. Uh, Maybe I'm going to go spend some time with them. (laughs) You know, I will see y'all in the spring, brother. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, did uh, the pandemic... Allow you to spend more time with family like in a in a good way? did you feel like uh, anything positive came out of it in that regard?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, obviously there's a lot going on for other people, but uh for me, overall, I thought it was a win. um i uh, I spent more time than ever with my kids, especially
1: mm-hmm. um
2: this is the most I've spent with my kids since I've been full time doing stand-up. Wow, um yeah. you know like no road gigs um when they come home from school i'm out doing shows not, not now i'm here yeah you, get you get to see
0: them, ask them about the day yeah stuff like that that is small but i wouldn't assume for a parent is it, it feels like you're more involved in their life because i mean how old are they
2: they're uh, now uh 11 and 12 wow okay so it, it, it's just been it's been beautiful to like really uh be around for it um see the first like real signs of their own personalities. I was going to
0: ask, are you, are you starting to see Inklings of personal, like real personality? Yeah. Yeah. Like
2: they are their own people. And, um, it's beautiful that I got to like, see that firsthand. Um, uh, like we have interactions now for the first time where I don't feel like I'm talking to a kid. Like, that was, like, I would have laughed if a 30-year-old said that mm. shit, you know? Oh, okay. Like, they're
0: having those type of things Good now. sense of humor. And, yeah. And, and, and having a young adult conversations. Right. Maybe starting to wonder about stuff, like, a little bit more, not not just uh, growing up as a kid in school, but just bigger picture ideas. Yeah. Like, what, maybe what am I going to want to do? Or yeah. what do I like? Or, I don't know, So I think of around that time is when they also start to maybe feel different than other people right. and then coming to terms with that uh, what is unique and what is weird because yeah. it's kind of a it's a it's a fine line and yeah. a lot of the stuff at least for me I don't know about I, I remember growing up a lot of the stuff that I thought was weird now when you get older you're like no that's just me and is kind of the good part of who I am yeah like those those weird things are what make you interesting as a person and allow you to connect with other people right right you know
2: yeah like I feel uh there's a few things that like touch on that like uh I've always had this argument with school teachers there's an importance to learning the history of your country I agree Definitely. with that um with that said I think that there should be one year of high school history mm-hmm. that's devoted to the history of whatever the fuck you want because I feel that oh. all like history to me, the importance of it is you learn uh you learn lessons based on how people reacted in uh intense moments. Yes, I don't think that's restricted to government. No, you no, know, no, no, so no. you know when I hear someone really passionate about like basketball stats and they know mm-hmm. the backstory of you know, the flu game and shit like that, the, yeah, the you flu know, game. like stuff like that to me, um, that's that's still showing the same level of commitment of understanding something. Um and and the reason I bring that up is because I feel like, as an adult, when I'm at a bar talking with somebody, I never liked in high school. listening. I didn't care about uh, you know American history class in high school. But when yeah. I hear someone that loved American history talk to me about it now, when we're like we're drinking and chilling, mm-hmm. and there's no pretense of a test, I'm super engaged. Freddie's like that, right? Freddie's loves, loves that history. history. Yeah. and
0: I used to never get it, and I think it finally kind of struck me this year. Uh, well it, this year was the first year that I started to appreciate learning history not in i've never been good with dates that shit right. is for whatever reason i've always thought it was pointless i remember growing up i was like why does it matter what year this person came over here and got into this argument or when this battle was da and right. I, I think partially it's just because they need something to test you on that's, right, that's right, how, right. how the school system works but you make a really good point and and i agree and i think it should be taught that way in the general sense which is you're learning, we're like, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids are in school and they, they might start to go, why are we learning this? Right. You know, they question, what is the point of this? Why am I learning math? Why am I? And then a lot of times that's answered with a, oh, you're just being lazy or right. you don't get it. Like try harder. It's important. All these like, uh, not affirmations, but it's just cut and dry. Yeah. You know, you don't get to question it. You'll it's like, know it later. Exactly. You'll, you'll understand yeah. later. Shut up, which is not the truth at all. Right. But if it was if it was presented to you as you're learning math, you're learning this high level math because even though you're probably never going to use calculus in your life, when you learn how to solve problems in this very high like high capacity way, it's going to help you to have critical thinking with other parts of your life in general. Yeah. And you, when you present it like that, then the kid might go he's they still might push back, but you but you can go trust me, this is going to expand how you think and make you a better Probably more successful person, yeah. And then when you present history like that, because I always thought ah, history is whatever, but if you go, you're learning about this to understand humanity as a whole, yeah. And that's a that's a big part of life in general. I think a, I think a lot of very successful people understand humanity better than the normal layperson. I would say, right? In terms of how people act, how they move, how the masses work, because that's a that's a big, yeah, that's a, a big skills to understand. Not how individuals work, but how the how the masses act. Right, if right. You can utilize that and manipulate it. You can manipulate it for bad. Right. We've seen a lot of people do that. But also, even business wise, like a, even as an entertainer. Right. If you understand, oh, the masses. Uh, a lot of people are responding positively to this. Yeah, that's literally TikTok, trading, Twitter, dude. That's trading. That's that's yeah. Instagram, tw- anything. Oh, people like it when I do it like this. or people like the, you know. Some some people some people might call it hacky, but at the end of the day, if that gets you propelled to a 100, 100, 100 million people seeing you, and yeah. then you like, it doesn't matter what it is. And I had that realization. I read this book, *Sapiens*, by Yuval Noah Harari. Okay, everyone talks about it. It's like almost cliche for the dude in his late twenties to talk to mention *Sapiens*, but it's a really good book, and it's like a it's called *The Brief History of Humanity*. Okay, and it goes over how we went from. Just another animal on the plains to Homo sapiens sapiens and being the master of our domain, which was Earth. And the most interesting thing for me was he, because he's from Israel, so he's not American. So he kind of looks at it with a non-American lens, which is nice because you don't want to have someone who's an Amer- like you know the winners telling the story. You right, might right. feel like it's biased. He's at least not an American telling this story because yeah. right now America is the top. So you don't want that person completely telling the story of how we got here. Right. But how he describes certain things, you go, Oh, this is how people have acted for the entire history. The history has been this person saying, I want that land or and it's just been people trying to go other places, people expanding. He, he even makes a point about culture. A lot of people will, uh, claim their culture, and they they love the culture, and it's a good thing, but he goes, a lot of times, especially when there was more imperialism and more people taking over other parts of the world, the culture that like I claimed is, oh, yeah, I'm Italian, and I'm like this, da-da-da-da-da. da five, uh, 5 generations earlier, my great-great-great-grandparents would have maybe been mortified that i called that my culture because in reality it was the culture of the conqueror that then Uh met yeah so it's like a lot of cultures are taken from other imperialists that have come in and then fully inculcated into the masses so it's this weird question of okay where does the culture start where where has why does your society like this is it because the Gauls came over 2,000 years ago and that's why you perform this ritual on this day? Right. Or is it because then after that, like the the Arabs took, it's, it's, it's a very interesting look at humanity in general to go, oh, we've been fucking with each other forever and yeah. inserting what we think is the right or wrong thing. And that just to bring that all back is when you think about history that way, it becomes so much more interesting. Yeah, You go, oh shit, now let me get Now, let me understand how people acted, why they did this, Right, where, what's the, etymology is not the right word because that's about language, but what's the etymology, what's the history of where this cultural tendency came from? Right, And then it ends up being connected to the Mongols. You're like, oh shit, I didn't even know that they were in uh, like Genoa, Italy, but they were 5,000 years ago or whatever it is. And you go, oh, but we are more connected than we thought. Yeah, I
2: I think that... uh that's kind of the value that i see in those things and uh i've become more aware of it when i have uh deeper discussions with like my my kid brother he's he's 20 Mm -hmm. right so like when i'll talk with him or when i'll talk with my son who's 11 um i realize that they're passionate about these other things and they know the history of that one subject and what i got out of american history I can still get out of those things, right? So, like, you know, when, you know, we talk about someone being, you know, uh, someone uh, during, like, World War II, we'll talk about the leaders of different countries. And obviously, to your point, we're looking at it from American history. But the main thing I get from it is uh, these are our core values, and we defended them. This is what uh, different leadership styles uh, can lead to, mm-hmm. you know, like I'll see what, you know, uh uh someone like Hitler, uh what his leadership style leads to yeah. in terms of
0: uh pride in the country and pride of the people. What excess pride right. can, lead to. can lead to. Yeah. It's like what what all the way in one spectrum of it can lead to. Right. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that uh it has to be uh what am I trying to say? It doesn't necessarily mean that it's always in the far right because then you look at Stalin who was in the far left. That was exactly. also excess pride and communism. And then it also led to more deaths than what happened in Germany. Yeah. So then you go, okay, it's not just the it's people right. in a certain way.
2: Yeah. Yes. So like that's the beauty of it. So then like, um I when I talk with my brother, like he doesn't care at all about school. So he never got into that. But by the same token, we had a huge debate this week. Like we were mm-hmm. fighting. at the dinner table over Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. Oh, okay. And at the core of it, he's a huge Westbrook fan. I'm Mm -hmm. a huge uh, Paul Paul. fan. He's a Jordan head. I'm a LeBron LeBron head. And I was telling him that... um, I, like it I, I don't think that's a coincidence because I also noticed that we solve problems that way I, I okay. think that like uh when I've seen him do things with his uh, team or in school he's very solo he's very I'm gonna get this done myself yeah um, I love working with teams I love incorporating people and I thought that it was interesting to me that that was coming out in our sports fandom.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and in turn, that's also what I appreciated about those people in, uh, in the court. Yes. Um, and I, we were still able to have that, philosoph- that philosophical thought about the ideology of these people and what we can learn from it. I'm like, mm-hmm. did you feel that that style was successful? Um to a, to a degree yes we like we figured that out like yeah you yeah. know what when you're head strong and you need to get something done that actually works for certain goals um, I think it's quicker uh, to establish a turnaround if one person just pushes. Um, By the same token, it might not be the best way to lead to long-term change culturally in an organization, whether it's a business, a family, or a basketball team. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was dope to get there with basketball as opposed to history. And I feel like he would have developed that – Thinking at 14 instead of nineteen twenty, if they just told them in high school, hey, uh, one of your four years, you're going to study the history of basketball.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
2: know, um, so I, I think that's kind of what's cool with the uh, uh, I'm a big fan of Pixar movies for the same reason. I think mm-hmm. they allow me to uh, talk about far deeper topics with my kid. Um, about things that I, I wished would come out from history or other school subjects, but might not cause they don't necessarily click with
0: him. They don't get, yeah, there's, um, it's easier to pick out themes in those movies, Yeah, but it, it's a really important point, which is what are your base morals and values whenever you're arguing about a lot of, or, or having even a heated discussion about something, what you politics, sports, A lot of times the subtext of it is I think my base morals are correct and not yours. Right. And a lot of times people don't understand that they're fighting over that. And when you get to that, when you distill it to, okay, before we talk any more about Republican, Democrat, high tax, low taxes, da, da, da let's try to understand each other as to what we value as the most important things in life. Right. Okay, you value someone that has a lot of freedom and and uh, works for themselves and you value rules and you value structure. And then someone else goes, I value that, but I value uh, equality for all more and I value justice more because right. uh, this this psychologist, think, uh, Jonathan Haidt, he did a TED Talk about it. You should watch it. It's very interesting. It's not that long, but he talks about how most people uh, political views on the spectrum, they're based on five personality traits. And so someone who's on the left, they rank higher in these two or three personality traits. Someone who's more on the right, they rank higher on the other two or three. Okay, There's five of them. So a lot of times people people think that their political view is right because they came to that conclusion because of their logic. A lot of times it's because it's inherited. It's inherited literally in your genes. Like genetically, your personality type skews you more to the left or the right. That's what a lot of it is. So if you start to understand, okay, I value these types of personality traits and these types of morals, and uh, this is what I like to be scrupulous about more. Yeah. Once you understand that about yourself, and then you look at someone on the other side and then try to understand what they value more. I think it can allow you to be empathetic and to understand the other side more and to go, okay, they're coming at this from these three pillars. Right, right. Whereas I'm coming at it from there. So so of course we're going to butt heads because we think these things are more important. So then how do we come to some kind of understanding, even if we don't fully agree, to say, okay, I get that's why you want that more. Here's why I disagree. Let me give my points, and then you come to some kind of compromise. Right. But at least we understand that you don't get, which I think is happening a lot now. You don't get to the point of frustration where you go, "You're just an idiot. You don't right. get it. Fuck you. You're stupid. You're selfish. Blah blah. blah. Oh, you're th- whatever the epithets people on both sides throw at each other." Right. 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 I think I think that's uh, not understanding the personality traits that someone is coming from. And now I'm not talking about extremes. You know, right. if someone's on the extreme on either side. Like. They're, they're too far gone. Yeah. Not to to a point where I think some people can be helped to be brought back over. Some people are... It's you and me. Oh, it's me. I uh, didn't realize that my uh, computer was, uh, you can FaceTime your computer now and I don't know how to turn it off. So my <laughs> fucking friend is like FaceTiming right now, right in the middle of a super important, super important fucking conversation. Um, but the whole point is yeah, it, when you understand the other side, I think, and understand where it comes from, yeah. it becomes less of a of an ego thing. As yeah, to, yeah, Oh, I'm right. You know, when you understand that societies have acted in this certain way for 10,000 years, you go, oh, okay, we're not that special. Right. In a good way. Yeah. Oh, we've, we've been doing this for, okay, we need to learn from what people did in the past. Right. So we cannot fall in to these same mistakes because I, if you look at history, like you said, how, it's repetitive. You, it's super repetitive. And you see that individuals might make different uh, choices, but the masses as a whole, I think, a lot of times skew towards a certain couple paths. And right. it might look different. It might have a different demagogue. It might have a different flag or some kind of, you know, different new graphic design or whatever it is. But it's this, a lot of times the same general path in yeah. certain ways. And once you get that, you you can at least go oh, okay i'm not going to i'm not going to be uh mystified by all the all, all the stuff on the f- on on the front by yeah. the cover of the book what's on the inside what does it really mean tellful yeah you know I dig it. Yeah. I got to
2: tell you, this was way deeper than I thought we did. Though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm like, oh, I'm going to just kick it with the homie Dylan. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, this
2: was uh, Me, this me was too, dope. bro. I thought we were just going to talk shit,
0: and then we just got into some good stuff about history. Yo, no. <laughs> you know what it is? I think it's also, we we were supposed to record yesterday, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, it got serious in we the got, world. We
0: got, and we got, we got confused. And honestly, thank God. Yeah, it because, was on me, but yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it, shit happens all the time. And, you know, it's like... It was 7.15, and I went, oh, maybe he's parking. Yeah. And then when I texted you at 7.15, and then uh, I got a text almost immediately, that, like two texts, I went, oh, he thought it was tomorrow. Yeah. I just think, you know how when you get the two quick, rapid texts, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, okay. And I saw it, and I was like, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. But I'm, I'm happy we waited, dude, because I think that's why this is serious. Shit is serious today. Yeah. Like, today was, there's been a lot in the past year, there's been a lot of days where you go, Oh, this is going to be in history books. Yeah. Like someone's going to ask me, what was it like when the pandemic started? What what was the 2020 election like? What what like there's what were the George Floyd protests like? What, where were you when you first learned about that? When it was at its height. All there's a lot of different things that happened, you yeah. know. What, uh, Rush all that shit, but a lot happened 2020. The impeachment. I mean, dude, I'm like remembering right now. All yeah, this shit. It's just wow. Like what was it like during that contentious year? And oh. then Today, even more, people stormed the Capitol. And so I think it's just – it's making us think how do we understand other people? How do we understand what's going on? How how do we – even in this time where you want to just throw your hat down and go, all these people are horrible, blah, blah, blah. How do we pull back from that emotional response and go, okay, yes to some of them but also – have we seen someone like this in the past? Can we look to history and see, oh, this is what led to these people to do this 300 years ago? Right, because right. I bet you in 300 years, historians will look back and they'll pick apart the past five years and pick different flashpoints and go, that's what led to this president. Yep. That's what led to this election. And that's what led to the storming of Capitol Hill on January, was it 6th? Yeah. There's going to be – in bold, and some kid's going to be asked that question on a test one day. On January 6th, 2021, what happened? And he'll have to say the storming of Capitol Hill, or right. whatever it is. And they're going to look to it. So I think we're going, how do we explain this? Yeah. Because it really feels like a time I've, I mean, I'm only 28. i You're a few years older than me, but uh. it feels like a time that is very different than anything we've been experiencing the past 50 years.
2: It, it, it's completely different. This is uh also this is one of the times where um at least uh on the people that I rock with mm-hmm. that I'm really proud of comics. Um, there is a it's a cheesy cop out joke, and I hate when people do it because it means they didn't write a good joke. Mm-hmm. But the the idea behind it is right. Um I hate when people say too soon as the punchline. You know, cuz it means that you didn't write a joke. You just said something
0: crazy, the audience
2: gasped instead of laughed.
0: There's tension, you're like, "Oh, I can break it with saying too soon." Too soon, right? Too I, soon? Question mark? Right. And it usually no one laughs or they right. go like, "Ha, yeah, it was too soon." Exactly. Like I feel like it's it, it's a cheesy cop-out
2: line, but I I philosophically, I feel like that's a comedian's job is mm-hmm. to break that moment. Right? Yeah. So there is uh to me the reason that I feel like our job is important and maybe I'm really overstating what we do, but to me what comedians do is we talk about stuff that nobody wants to talk about first. And the I second totally agree. right, the second we make it funny, the second we make it we in a way that you can laugh, mm-hmm. we now have given you permission to talk about that topic because exactly. now it's no longer tense. So The sooner we get past too soon, we've won. And that's our job. And I have to say, like, today, like, uh, following comics on Twitter, all I've been seeing is proper joke after proper joke, like, uh, it's like the perfect balance of being funny, but mm-hmm. being aware of what's happening, uh, not being distasteful. Um, they're yeah. like, I, I, I've been really impressed with my peers today really? and okay. what they're doing. Um, I feel like they're they're being very aware and uh, being at the front lines of stating what's happening. And in turn, I feel like the discussion to what needs to happen and what's going on is happening faster than it's ever happened before too. Like I think... Uh, Today would have been, uh, and it, it, it's, a, it's a combination of A, us being better people, uh, B, us being more connected because of social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, when this happens 20 years ago, like, for example, a 9-11, today would have still been yeah. a morning day. We wouldn't have even gotten to the point to where we could joke about it. We would have still been sad today and then a week from now when we've uh, connected both personally and 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 talked talked about about it, it we would have started figuring out how to talk about this in open mics, cracked a few jokes that bombed and then finally gotten to the point to where we can laugh about it and then we as a country can move forward and address what's actually happened and fix it. Today was the first time that I've seen where all of that took place in one day. Because we figured out how to address it almost to the moment. Like, we're able to make it funny, but make it honest and not be offensive or diminish the moment. And by us doing that, I feel that more uh, intelligent people that are following it can laugh and also be like, yo, this is serious because it's being talked about a lot. And now they can engage in real convo about it and hopefully lead to solutions faster.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, discuss it. uh it, I- I think trying to make a joke is, if when someone's trying to make a joke, most of the time I think they're trying. I think it's coming from a positive place. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's I want to be funny and I want to feel good about it, but also it's how do I make this okay or how do yeah. and and some of the bigger jokes like what you said. I think it's a good point. Some of the weirdest or most uncomfortable conversations I've had with comics. Right, And by the way, they weren't uncomfortable for me because it's, <laughs> there's this weird thing about comedians where if you truly like being a comedian and like being a comic, nothing is really off limits. Right. And you, you kind of like talking about those taboo things because it allows you to one – because if you don't talk about things, you don't get to realize what you feel about them. Yeah, And I think a lot of times for me uh, especially, I'll talk about something, think I feel one way. Have a conversation with someone. Have someone pose like counterpoints, or at least bring up other things that I didn't know. And then at the end of it, I'll at least have a more nuanced opinion about it. You right. Know? I, I even today in the beginning, I was talking to some friends, and they were like, "If this was, uh, if this was BLM, all these people like they were trying to make comparisons." And I'm not a big fan of hypotheticals because there's no way to prove it. You know. Right. Right. If you go, "Oh, well, if it was this, then this would happen," it says, "I'm like," says you. You know, it didn't happen. Right. However, as I talked to them more and more and, and saw the points that they made, I was like, well, you know what? The sentiment of what you're saying is that the fact that these, um, and you know what? I'll call them domestic terrorists to a certain degree. and right. Like or the mob, like this, these, like people called it ins- insurrection and and other people called it a coup, which like according to the definition of coup, it's kind of crazy. That's what this was.
2: Yeah, because
0: because coup is a uh, is a attempt to coerce or change or take control of the government. Right. It doesn't necessarily need to be. It doesn't have to be military. Usually yeah. it is by the military because those those are the ones that are successful. But even though this, well, let's call it a coup light. You know what right, I mean? Right. Right. It's a coup light. It's a coup light. Coup but doesn't exactly. sound yeah like a strong enough word for it's, what yeah. happened
2: today. But, but I get yeah. you. Yeah,
0: coup, coup d'état sounds better because it's got the full French in it. But th- this was during when they were trying to certify the electoral votes for an election. Yeah. And then people came in and tried to stop it. That's trying to coerce the government. Yeah, That's trying to control government. Now, some people would say, oh, that's a little extreme. Yes, but also no, because this is unprecedented. And at what point do you go, this just isn't okay and it is insane and it needs to be denounced? you know. But the whole point I was making was that they – some of my friends were like, the, you know, if this was someone else, the look what happened to the protesters in the summer. And I said, yeah, you're right. You know, this is I don't necessarily I'm not even necessarily making this about race, but I'm saying it shows that there is a different way that the different sides are being treated in terms of the protesters. Yeah. And it that's not OK, it needs to be one or the other. There needs to be no matter what. A set-in-stone way as to how the government, how the police force deals with protests, deals with people that don't like what's going on. There has to be one way of doing it. There right. can't be th- – these people are treated this way and then some other people on the other side are let into the building or no one is arrested when they start breaking windows or when they go inside and some of them are armed. like they're we won't know fully about what happened today for a couple of days. Yeah. But it does make people question and go, okay, well why is there inequality in terms of how this is dealt like yeah. what what does it mean? What why are people treating the diff- why are cops kind of letting this happen? You know, like what is it because they had to feel less threatened? Is it because like what what's the reason? It, it has to be asked and yeah. and it has to go to a certain point you have to go, yeah, you know what? I can't be certain, but it probably would be different if it was the other side, and that's not a good reflection on where we're at. No, you know, yeah, it's honest.
2: I uh, and you know, like even on my end, like devil's advocate, the other way, I feel that I, I obviously I don't agree with why they're doing what they're doing,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but there's a part of me that like if something. If you felt something in your country was happening that you were genuinely like, yo, this is wrong.
0: I fully, I'm so happy you said that. Yeah. Because a lot of people aren't acknowledging these people, the people that thought, because what they were doing today was in their mind, trying to prevent a government takeover by the other side that stole the election because they're living in a reality that is different from our reality right now, people can make arguments about which one is the right one i personally think that the one that is right is the one we're by the one because almost everyone has come out and said there's not uh, substantial evidence of widespread voter fraud yes right. there's voters there, yes there's instances of voter fraud it, there's every election yes we should shore up our uh, voting machines and we should shore up our election security every year of course but there is not enough voter fraud for us to say for trump to just blatantly go the election was stolen right but these people are living their reality and you're right. right in their mind they're saving the country in their mind they are the 2021 version of 1776 they're yeah. fighting a tyrannical government yeah and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be put in jail for breaking into the capitol building but when you understand that it's a better it's a i'd say better understanding than oh they're just all racist and they you know uh they hate they hate everyone, they hate America and they just want Trump to be president forever.
2: Right. You know. I have to I have to think of that only because like big picture I want to believe that everyone can be reformed. Right? So if I if I don't believe that then I'm dismissing those people forever and that's that's crazy that like, that's a big, portion, that's of a the big portion of the population you're talking about dismissing you can't run a country like that if that much of the population you're flat out saying we shouldn't even work with them like that's wild. um we to your point we need to acknowledge why they feel that way and work on that like work on clarifying work on communicating what's Uh, where people are getting uh, information and how and trying to make those channels uh, more equal. Um, I think uh, more people from different perspectives need to be open to talking with each other more often. Yeah. Um, Like, uh, the whole, like, uh, integrated schools thing i mm-hmm. wish they did that for states like in a weird way like for communities yeah, like yeah. you know
0: like uh, they just brought just brought in some here's some guatemalans here's yeah some they're moving next door it's <laughs> just, just part of it them. yeah yeah like, and you because you but you, you need, know what you need to that see that is what fights people thinking of someone else as other as as soon as someone doesn't become as soon as someone changes from a jamaican person to Kyle? Right. It changes the game. They're just Kyle. That's
2: Dude, I've, Ky- I've lived that so much as a performer, right? Yep. So, so much of what I do on stage <laughs> is me just telling family stories. I mm-hmm. talk the way I talk. I have an accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm from Brooklyn. You are from Brooklyn house. Right. Yeah. I love doing it, and I'm, I'm never going to stop that. That's good. But if you listen to what I'm talking about, they're all mm-hmm. fucking family stories. I'm talking about my kid. I'm talking about my wife. Yeah. I have a story. I want a Webby for telling a story about getting my wife dessert from fucking Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. my stories are wholesome, but the reason I tell them is because I want to humanize people thats look and sound like me to people that aren't from where I'm from. I yeah. want them to see them those stories and they're like, oh shit I would have done that for my wife. That's a cool
0: dude. more of those people are probably cool people too um, It's a really subtle thing that slowly it's like a, it's like this you're planting the seed in their head that oh shit maybe I'm wrong to think that they're all this way right and then oh oh shit like and it it, it takes a while. Is yeah. the thing. but all of a sudden they go, Oh yeah. Oh, he's, now he's just like, he's, Oh, and maybe, and then maybe that person will go, what else do I have a preconceived notion about? That's not true. Yeah.
2: It's helpful. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like that's kind of the beauty of it. And, um, st- uh, stories and stand up um, have done that for me the other way. Um, you know, I, uh, and I think they've done that for the culture, uh, I'm a big hip hop head. I grew up Mm -hmm. loving and listening to that. Um, I'm blown away now at how recent there was like uh, homophobia in songs that I love. Oh yeah, right. And being a stand up, still now, yeah, it's still happening. But like, uh, it's significantly been cut off. But like, I love Nas. I love Jay Z. Those Mm -hmm. are people that I would consider. Uh, not only talented, but I think they would they would say liberal. They would say yeah. that they would uh, defend the rights of the LGBT community mm-hmm. today. They dropped F-bombs in songs oh, yeah, they recent were as recent as 2010. Say, yeah, all that stuff yeah. and
0: saying, get off. Yeah, And you know, so, that was the culture back then. Right. And it so, was thought of as... Yeah, it was... I, I mean, I think back to some of the stuff that I... I saw a video of me in 2010. Where, yeah. Like, me and all my boys, we, uh, we, we did this Europe trip. And... There's a, a video of me on the train just like casually dropping that. And I look and I go, it, it it makes me embarrassed now because I I'm I'm like I understand that I didn't even know what I was doing. Right. And and now I go, Oh yeah, I wouldn't. But that was still it's this weird part where you go, damn, I didn't know. But that doesn't that doesn't make it less bad. Right. But now I know that I don't do that. And you see how you changed. I I, I even remember, I remember one of my teachers when I was in high school said that, um, I think I was, I think I was a junior. And he was talking about how he doesn't really call things gay anymore. Yeah. And... I that's progressive. Like, I was like, that's then. fucking gay as shit. <laughs> I, mean, I, was like, I was like, what, dude? Right. Yeah, yeah, I was, was like, I'm well. never not going to call something gay. Right. And then uh, now it's kind of almost made a turn to where it's like okay to say gay anymore because it's accepted as like, like everyone's saying. I felt like in the past year now all of a sudden people are calling shit gay again, but it's not seen as hateful at all. Right. Which I thought is kind of – I was like, oh, okay, it's cool to say it now because everyone knows that like – we fucking love gay people, you know what but <laughs> I, rem- I remember thinking, oh, there's no way I wouldn't call something right. gay like that and then in 2015, 2016 I just I remember the first time i I balked at saying it right or I balked at say- at, at saying like fat, I, I remember the first time I balked I was like, oh wait, maybe I should stop saying that. yeah and you just it just takes time and it takes you know what it you know what it takes? Meeting people that are gay, exactly, and and going, well, I love that dude, and so if I'm calling you that and insinuating that it's bad, that's insinuating that he's bad, and he's honestly tighter than me. So yeah. what, what, like, what am I? I don't have a problem with that at all. But that's growing up. But again, back to your point, that's meeting a bunch of different people. Yeah, that's realizing your own. Uh, internal biases like yes. I, I realized one recently i realized that uh, specifically because of media i realized that growing up in media the only time i ever saw a do-rag was on someone that was like a gangster okay. a thug. like you right, know what i mean right. that was the only time i ever saw it yeah because like, because i grew up in in la mm-hmm. and so no one in my high school wore do-rags really and I don't know if it's an East Coast thing or I just wasn't around enough hood dudes. I don't know what it was, yeah. but but like but there were a lot of there were, my my school was pretty diverse, so for the reason that I didn't see him there. but I only saw him in media, and then I realized that my brain associated it only with like thug dudes right. That's why I associated it with. I didn't even know what it was. I just was like, do rag, probably do from the hood, like whatever. He's probably got a peat like right, I, right. I realized that that's what had been associated in my head. And then one of my best friends recently started growing out braids, and he started wearing. Um, I think he, I don't. Even, I don't know if it's a do rag or pantyhose, right? Like right. Whatever the, what it is. To and when he explained it to me, he was like, "It just keeps it humid, and it helps them grow out." And I remember I was like, "So it's a hat? It's just yeah. like a, it's just a specific type of fucking hat mm-hmm. that we that I was just shown in certain instances to then." consider it some form of like gang attack like and that's when I realized like oh fuck and I had never done anything because of that I had never I never like judged someone pre but I had always in my head saw it and then felt oh the only other time I've saw that was in this movie. Right right and then when that happened I went oh shit I've been programmed to think of it as this specific type of article i i was programmed to think of it the same way you see a bandana hanging out of someone's back pocket. right because that's for one instance right if you have a bandana hanging out of your pocket it's most likely because you're in a gang you know right. what i mean or you just wrapped or it was a mask and then you put it in your back but it's most likely because you're from a gang <laughs> it's changed but now, right? that's yeah. how i thought about it and then as soon as i had two friends that wore it i went oh it's a hat yeah that's and, all it is but it took me 27 years of my life to find that. And yeah. you know, I felt weird when I first realized that, but then I went, that's not my fault. Right. I had to just meet someone to understand, that's what that was. And 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 that's
2: that's why I bring it up because Right off the bat, it took us that long and we have advantages. Like Nas and Jay-Z had huge advantages. They're rappers in New York in entertainment. Mm -hmm. They're seeing a spectrum of people. We're stand-ups in in New York City. Yeah, and Los Angeles. The
0: two most diverse places, yeah.
2: Yeah, so even we took 10 years, 20 years, 30 years to learn and, and figure out like, oh, you know what? Like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, and we had we had to be exposed to it. I had to um do a ton of shows and and see that their struggles are real similar to the struggles I feel being a minority, yeah. right? Because it was their minorities in their way. For sure. Um, so if I'm in my heart of hearts, I feel like I'm a good person trying to add value to the world and being a good person and I still needed to fix that and other people need to fix that. Yeah. And we did as a whole, I I do feel that society has decided that's not cool to say. Yeah. So it's possible to become better as a group. So when I think of that, I have to think that while I massively disagree with what, what took place, Mm -hmm. I have to believe that those people can become better, you know? For sure. Um, And, and, and I think as long as we believe that, um, we're we're still in a good place. When we lose that, that's when I'd be concerned as a country.
0: You're um, fighting the good fight. You're, you're trying, you know? Exactly. It doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. It's, it's easier to just completely discredit one side. Yeah. But instead, if you go, no, we're going to fight for these fight for these things that we think are right based on our morals that we have agreed on and we think are going to help more people and then at the same time, try to bring other people over or at least understand them more to make them feel heard because, you know, it's this thing where you look at all those people are also being fed, just like like how just like how I was fed information about durax. dudes wearing do rags. Yeah. Okay. One way those dudes are being those people are being fed stuff on OAN, Newsmax, whatever they're reading or whatever they're watching that is misleading them yeah. and programming them to think a certain way to the point where they see someone that says, "Oh, I'm liberal or I'm on the left." Yeah. And then their brain just immediately assumes 30 different things about them, and then they make a decision. Yeah. They make a snap. Our brains are really good at that. Our brains are really good at filing a lot of things away into one one certain type we like to make an avatar of what this person is you know we like to we're predictive machines because it it gives us more time to compute what's going around so we go oh you're like this okay well i noticed these three things about you i'm going to assume you're like that now let me see if there's anything that's false about that and then it just it just feeds into that algorithm in our head of oh they're going to be like this and it doesn't allow them to i don't know i think a, a real good example is like okay so the people on the right feel they don't feel heard about vote, uh, voter voter fraud, or they don't feel heard about whatever um, point it is. Right at the same point, at the same time, the people on the left who are fighting for police brutality, they feel like they're not being heard. They both are arguing we're not being heard on this issue, and I feel like both sides don't see that the other side is. Now, I'm not saying they're the same issue at all. But I feel like both sides don't see that they're saying the same thing, which is we believe there's a grievance or something that's going on that's wrong and you're ignoring it. Right. And I think if they at least talk about it, they could go, oh, oh, we're kind of we're both upset about different things, but we both have the same feeling of indignation, yeah. which is I'm not being heard. I'm being ignored. I'm being told. What you care about doesn't matter. What what you feel isn't valid when it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Small
2: scale, but that should be fixed, right? To your point. Yeah. It might not happen often, but there should not be voter fraud. Yeah. Um, it doesn't happen often, but when it happens, police brutality is a huge issue, right? Like mm-hmm. the majority of police officers aren't committing those crimes, but it's happening. It's a problem. It's happening. Right. It and shouldn't And it needs happen. to be
0: talked about. Because as soon as people don't talk about it, then you go, why aren't you – why are you ignoring it? Right. You know? It's this – it's a complete – this is a huge tangent. (laughs) Okay. But it's a little little bit funnier. Let's do it. Let's do it. So you saw the shit with Hilaria – Hilaria Baldwin, (laughs) right? Yes, indeed.
2: Yes, indeed. So
0: this chick pretended to be Spanish, right? Right, right. And I think it's fucking hilarious because it it doesn't hurt anyone, you know? Right. It's just fascinating that someone – has lived that lie for that long. Right. And, and I was listening to s- someone play clips of her trying to uh, give, give reasons why all these things were being brought up about her. Oh, I was speaking more Spanish at that time. That's why I couldn't remember the English word for cucumber. And oh, you know, uh, I know my family was born in America, but they all live in Spain now. So that's why I said they came over from Spain. Like giving all these bullshit reasons. Right, you know? right. And I was listening and I go, you know, she doesn't realize this and most people don't. And I think the only people that really do this are comics. But if she just came out and was like, guys, I'm going to be really honest. I fucking love Spain and I liked having an accent. It made me feel kind of cool. It made people treat me a little bit different. And yeah, it was crazy that I said all that, but I kind of fell into it. And then as soon as I... After a month of talking with this accent, I couldn't stop doing it because more and more people expected. And then all of a sudden it was on my CAA website. And then I was getting like, you know, if she like if she really just came out and fully admitted it. Yeah. I think people will go, I get it. You know, yeah, I could see that happening to me, too. This
2: is her goth phase. Yes, dude. This is her just wearing <laughs> yes. mad black makeup and nothing but boots yes, and shit. Dude. That's all it is. It's her goth phase. This is her goth face. She goth just
1: leaned phase. into
0: that shit. Yes. She did it for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? She was committed to being goth. Yeah. She's a committed goth head. And then one day she came out and she was like, I'm blonde and I don't have black hair and I've lied to everyone. I don't worship the devil. I'm sorry. I, yeah. But if she came out and said, yeah, I was I, – I think – People are so scared of admitting the truth or being yeah. fucked up, but most people actually are more willing to forgive when they see you being truthful. Yeah. The, look, the, to your point,
2: I'd find it silly day of, and I would have forgotten about it by now. Oh, yeah. If she would have said it. Um, there's so many valid answers to it. She could have said that. She could have said it. I'd do it because my husband likes it. I, I would have gone... Yeah, 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 fuck it. Yeah, okay, makes sense. You know, 100. I, I, you know, that that's something that turns them on. Yeah, it turns them on.
0: Cool. Hey, I don't give a shit. Go ahead, go for it. You bag, celeb, rock on, keep doing it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, she could have, she could have leaned into it. She could have made fun of it. There's so many things that could have positive that could have came from it instead of them running away from like, you're caught, man. Yeah. Everyone knows you're caught. So for you to not acknowledge it makes us just go. We see you. We're human too. We've been caught. Everyone knows the feeling of being caught and yeah. then trying to lie your way out of it. Oh, yeah. And you, and you just doubling down, doubling down harder and harder, trying to make up things. Your brain is pulling all these. It's like the best joke writing slash callback machine ever to be. Da, da, da. If you just admit it, then people go, all right, at least you're being truthful. And the yeah. reason I made that point was that if someone just acknowledged instead of saying either 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 people going a cab all cops are bad or police brutality doesn't exist if instead they went no, it's a real thing and yeah it's happening disproportionately to certain minorities and yeah that's probably because they're going through those communities more because yeah. of years and years and if they at least admitted that and said it's not okay we're working on it we're sorry but we see you guys, and right. we're we're working on this every day, which I think some people maybe did. But if everyone just came out and said that, at least people would go, uh, they're they're hearing us, right. they are acknowledging it, and they're saying it's real. Instead of when people go, and instead of when people just try and defend, right, and they right, go, oh, what caused that, or why were they, It's when people just man, Irv, just own up to stuff. I I think a lot of humans respond to that. Yeah. Because we've all had that moment where you've owned up to something. We've all we've all been caught. Nah. No matter what, it, if it's something small or something big. And we all have the we all know that you want to just go no 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 I didn't do it.
2: Right right right. But
0: you know especially when you're a kid when it's your parents. But when you own up to it and you go no I I I did it and I yeah I fucked up and and you admit you're fallible because we all are we all make mistakes all the time. Yeah. When you admit that. I think people got people respond to it because they go, "I've been there." Yeah, yeah, I'm fucked up. The, I still,
2: I still remember uh, the first day I apologized to my daughter. Really? Yeah, like it was, uh, it was important to me. Um, she did. I forget what she did wrong, but she did something super minor, like you know, mm-hmm. let's say like she dropped a dish or some shit. Yeah, um, I was mad at that, but it wasn't a big deal. Like. Mm-hmm but i was disproportionately mad cuz i was mad about other shit some other shit. shit yep and i yelled like mm-hmm. I, I and um i my dad uh love him to death but he has a huge temper, temper. and it's something that He's gotten significantly better at because I've addressed it with him now as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, Knocked him out a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> now you cut the shit. Yeah. Be I'm taller yeah. than you now. Hey, yo, you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> For the block right here, nah. <laughs> but I've talked to him a lot about it. Um, especially because um, when I first moved out the house, I, I was aware of the fact that my siblings were still kids. So I was like, yo, like I didn't like this. You can't do this again with them. Um, yeah. and he still did it, but did it less. Um, and now he does it even less than that. It's an improvement. Yeah. yeah like and, and that's all I'm asking for. Like It's something he was conscious of. Um, But in turn, I feel like uh, my job as a parent is to take everything dope my parents did, but also work on the things that I didn't mm-hmm. like. So I can count the times where I've yelled at my kids. And every time I've done it, except for one, mm-hmm. I feel that they were justified. Yeah. And... I purposely make sure to work uh, like a ladder system when I punish my kids. Like, mm-hmm. I'll talk to you about it calmly. I'll joke because, you know, I'm a comic. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be casual, cool. I want you to know, hey, I need you to fix this on your terms. Mm-hmm. Most times that works. The next time I say it sternly and I and not only do I say it sternly, I remind them, hey, this isn't the first time I've spoken about this. Yeah. Last time I was cool. Now I'm being serious. Then the third time I punish. Um, and then it rarely gets to a fourth where like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you start to lose it. Yeah.
0: Because you've set out these, it, it, it's it's following a habit. It's,
2: yeah. Yeah. Now it's a problem because that we did all the calm mm-hmm. shit. um This one time, like, I just yelled. And not only did I yell, I yelled louder than I would have even on that level four that I just mm-hmm. described. And I saw my daughter flinch. Like, she got scared. Yeah, yeah um i've never hit my kids mm-hmm. um mind you a part of me still wants them to think i might on occasion just because i need that Nothing like, wrong with that they gotta yeah. be
0: scared kids gotta be a little scared yeah yeah the,
2: i hope the years from now you listen to these podcasts and uh-huh. realize oh shit dad would have never done it I never would've 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 never, done yeah it. but i still need you on you occasion think i would yeah think yeah. i might because this time's where that'll save you but uh i i i i can't i i i know what that was like i didn't like it and i don't think it's needed to uh, discipline a kid in that way yeah. and I don't think it's needed for them to get better and to develop as people and when I did that it was the first time in our relationship where I felt like she was scared of me Um as opposed to respect I saw her flinch in her mm-hmm. room um
0: what's gonna happen
2: and like what's gonna happen like oh danger. shit like yeah. am I in danger and that, that haunted me like it hurt um and uh I remember going to the living room still angry, like, you know, uh, puffing and trying to calm myself down. And I heard her in her room uh, crying and trying to calm herself down. Mm -hmm. And I remember going back in there and uh, telling her, like, hey, listen, what you did was wrong. The way I responded was worse. I'm not supposed to do that. No one can talk to you like that. Um, and, 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 you know, I apologize for the way I handled it. And at the time, like, even now, like I look at it, I think it's important to do that. Cause it's important for your kids to see that you're human. Um, you can I think make mistakes. they need to know that you can make mistakes and that you're honest. I think the earlier they see that the earlier they know that anyone can, um, a uh, B, I want them to know that. You can be a good person and make mistakes. Definitely, Um, I also wanted them to see, and and these are things that I didn't know uh, at the time when I was doing it, but they make sense to me. Like I wanted her to see that it's okay to own up when you make a mistake, and it's easier to get better. It's easier to improve from it when we acknowledge it, Um, and uh, I think we're better for it. Uh, So, like after that, like uh, whenever like I do something that I'm not proud of, like. Uh, in the moment she's still like my daughter, so she'll like eat it, but like she'll call me out on it. Like, you know, she'll wait like a few minutes, say, hey, dad, like I didn't like the way uh, this convo went and these are why. And I'll present my points and if I'm right, she'll be like, you know what, that's fair. But when she's right, like, hey, you know what, that wasn't fair. This is what I saw. I misjudged that my bad.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and it came up like uh, like maybe two years ago where like she had forgotten like her homework or something. Mm -hmm. she did the homework but forgot to put it in her bag and i was disproportionately mad yeah and it was like eight in the morning i knew she had a big test that day and like i yelled at her in a way that was appropriate but was the wrong time like in my head as a parent i was like fuck i should have done that at four o'clock let her handle her day she's got she's now she's gonna eat that shit all day in the classroom yeah and that shit pissed me off and i was like um, I I thought about it. I spoke with my wife. I was like, yo, honey, um, this is what happened. I'm gonna go pick up Michaela and take her out of school for today. Um, I fucked up. Like I shouldn't have said that then. Yeah. Um what I said was right, but it was the wrong time to say it. Um and I went and did that. Uh and the reason I bring that up is because uh A, like, um I'm happy with uh the fact that I've gotten to that point as a parent. I feel like I had a temper in my teens and twenties and it was because it's what I learned, and I didn't like yeah. it, and I, I made genuine effort to decrease it to the point to where now my kids would tell you I don't have a temper. They don't associate that with me. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of that. Um, and B, that we can learn like as people uh, from our mistakes and also from others. Like I I, I I think my dad wouldn't say so just out of pride to, to me to him directly, yeah. but he would tell his boys that he's impressed with me
0: as a dad. It's how, it's how they are, you know? It's yeah. A, it's sometimes it's got to—my uh, dad, uh, he, he never hit me in the face. He'd be, yeah. He would spank us. And he, he had a temper, too. He would get mad. And I think that's one of the reasons why I am—I'm a very reactive guy. Mm-hmm. I don't have kids yet. I, I'm not even in a relationship, so we'll see. But when I have been in relationships, I've never been a yeller. Right. I, I've always thought it was um, a waste of energy right and it, it never got your point across and almost almost always put you in the losing position right and i think that's partially because i got yelled at as a kid and i knew that it only made me scared and upset but it never really got because whatever someone's yelling about you don't hear the words you just hear the the volume yeah you just hear the volume and then you go into i'm scared mode i i fucked up you know what they're mad about but if they're trying to make a point which is usually what a parent is trying to do. At the end of the day, they're mad about something because they want you to be, if they're a good parent, better than they are. Yeah. The yelling is not going to help. You know, and so I I think that's why I probably now never see a point in yelling. Not to, not going to say that it, it's not going to come up every now and then because, like I said, we're fallible. You know, we fuck yeah. up. We, but, But I do remember one time I got yelled at and it was... It felt disproportionate to me. I was—I remember—I was with my cousin. It was like randomly on a—we were like randomly on a cruise with a bunch of family, one of those like shitty yeah. carnival cruises. That they got—they <laughs> got a deal on, but like the entire family went to the Bahamas for three days. Uh, yeah, those was better than yeah, mine. Exa- All the mines in the Poconos <laughs> and shit. <laughs> we upgrade a little bit. There, to you, the, go. there yeah. you go. There uh, you go. But so I was on the—I was on the ship and. I was with my cousin that was like four years older than me. You know, I was like 12. I think he was 16. Yeah. And back then, four years. This Huge. They were the coolest fucking people ever. Hell yeah. And so at one point, I ran off with my cousin to just go hang out on the ship or whatever. My parents didn't know where I was. They uh, freaked the fuck out. Hell yeah. They freaked out. I came home. But, but me, I'm like, I'm with Jared. I'm safe. I know I'm safe. Right. Don't they know I'm with Jared? But they didn't. Right. I get home. And they lay into me. They're so mad. I didn't know where you were. That don't you? They're just reaming me. And I remember being upset, being like scared. And then I remember that once they calmed down, they explained, I was so mad because I was scared, because I didn't know where you were. Yeah. If anything happened, it would be the worst thing in the world to me because I love you so much. Yeah. And when they, got calm and they explained that to me it made so much more sense because even as a kid you understand love you understand care you care for your parents yeah and and someone's telling you that they care for you more than anything in the world which is an amazing feeling oh yeah so when they told me that it made so much more of an impact than the yelling right because at that point i went oh i hurt my parents they want me to be safe that's why they're mad that's why I need to tell them where I'm at. That's why I need to always inform them no matter what's going on so that they don't freak out. Yeah. And and that was a lesson I think is important because once you know that it's because of caring and it's not – like when it's not, I need to instill fear in you for no reason. Right. But instead, I need you to understand why I'm so upset because of this, this, and this, and I don't want you to feel – scared. I want you to understand me. Right, right. It ch- it changes the dynamic to that. Yeah. And that and you know when you explain to your daughter this is why I'm upset, but I shouldn't have yelled at you that way, it makes her go, "Oh, my dad loves me. He's able to admit he was wrong." And it almost, it weirdly makes them appreciate you more and c- because I hope so yeah, anyway. <laughs> I think so. I think so because a lot of times I think kids Without knowing it, they realize they they understand that their parents can't be right about everything. Right, you know. So when, but this is I mean, going back to the hilaria thing. Yeah. Uh, when you admit you fucked up, it's uh, it's a human, I think, respect that comes out to go. Oh yeah, you you've screwed up. So yeah. have I. The fact that whenever someone goes, they're perfect. You're always like, mm mm. right. so you're, yeah. you're gonna find it. Yeah. All those preachers that are like. Like squeaky clean with all the veneers and stuff. Uh huh. There's always some, always some, some young there, yeah. boy that's fucking their wife <laughs> while they're watching in the corner. There's always something, man. There's always something, and you know it. And that's why everyone gets so excited when it happens because they're like, "I knew it." Yeah. And you lied, and we caught you. Oh yeah,
2: like uh, Justin Bieber's preacher, right? Exactly, Same like yeah. man.
0: Exactly. We we know, we know no one's perfect, and yeah. when you try to act like that.
2: I've also been having these talks more because, um, a, I see the progress my parents have made in particular, my dad, but I know he's not where I'd like him to be. Yeah. Um, but in turn, my siblings are dealing with that, you know, right? They're still home Uh and they, on top of that, they're younger than me significantly. So they're. Mm -hmm probably even more liberal than I am. So they're dealing with like to them like what well, my dad is is like a monster in, yeah. in certain cases and You're I'm like, like you should have no you seen him in 94. You know what I mean? It's just crazy. Yeah. So, you know, I but I've been having those talks with A my siblings and B my kids cuz you know that that's another generation further and I've been purposely uh letting them know that uh I'm valuable because um, there's gonna be a point where I'm that guy, and I want them to have the compassion that I'm trying to show my dad um with me. You know, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I, I was telling my my sister's uh, vegan
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I was like, yo, like, I don't know maybe in twenty years, being vegan is like everybody, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like you know, I hope not, but yeah, I hope not yeah. too. <laughs> but like it's going. I, I have to say, like from twenty years ago that would have been crazy to be vegan, yeah. now it's it's gone to the point to
0: where it's normal. Like now, yeah, twenty like, years ago, and someone says they're vegan, even gay people are like, "What are you gay?" Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, like for real, <laughs> me? Yeah, What? What's wrong with you? You're like meat, bro.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah. like, it's, no, yeah, shit it, it, progresses and and a lot yeah. faster now than it.
2: Yeah, so like I'm seeing that, so I'm like, yo, like if that happens, and like you see me ordering steak, and like your friends are talking, mm-hmm. like let them know that, like yo, like he he ate vegetables the first two meals, like that's a step forward for Gaston, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. um, and work with me to understand that, and like, uh, um, I've spoken with that with uh my daughter in particular because uh my in laws are hugely religious, so they still have issues with uh LGBTQ yeah. issues, so like. I love my guy, my in-laws. I think they're mm. great parents. They uh m- my best friend and my wife uh both from the their their uh work. So, overall they do good. But yes, they're going to have things that I don't agree with. And I had to have that talk with my kids cuz they were like uh they don't think that this is cool and I was like, "No, it's perfectly fine for people to be gay." Yeah. And I had to explain to them that uh, that doesn't uh, dismiss all their work as people. It's just that's something they have to work on as uh, as people. But in the meantime, um, have compassion with them because they've had sixty years of life telling them that
0: that that they're that, right. That, that they're right. And the longer that you believe something, right. I mean, people don't even understand it from a psychological point of view, which is that if you've been spending sixty years believing something, it's, and then you're presented with the alternate view as not only right but the majority believes that it's wild it's wild and it also means you as a human and as someone that has an ego we all do you have to admit i've been wrong for 60 years that's wow that does not feel good i don't (laughs) like being wrong for two days right 60 years and then you go what else am i wrong about right it starts to break up your confidence in your viewpoints, because if you go, well, if I can break this one, what what other like does that mean? You know, our brains cascade. Does that mean marriages? Well, you go right you on all these. So the, the the compassion way of thinking about it is going. This person is struggling with maybe an identity crisis, which is not a full identity crisis, but a oh, if I admit that I'm wrong about this, I have to reinspect a lot of my other viewpoints. Yeah. So it's easier to just go. Nope, that's wrong. Right. It's a lot easier. Yeah. And their brains are almost trained to do that because your brain, your ego wants to make it easier for you to go I'm right about this instead of reevaluating and inspecting. Isn't it so much easier for someone to hand you a file like let's say you've fucking a file cabinet of all this information and you're like, "Oh, that's right." And then someone hands you, hands you one piece of paper that goes, "Well, you made one error." In the first file, all the way down there, that makes all of this wrong. Yeah. There's a party that, that went, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. And you just throw that piece. So you go, I'm not doing that. No, yeah. no I'm going to still
2: work you on all, all of this. this.
0: Long division over? Oh, you man. Yeah, I'm not in high school anymore. It's, it's wow.
2: But like, I think it's important to talk about it because, you know, uh, I, I, I've i brought it up with both like my siblings and my kids. I'm like, yo, like there's going to be a day where I'm the guy you're complaining about. Mm-hmm. and. I can promise you I'm gonna try my best to be open-minded to what you have to say. Yeah. But I can't promise you that I'm gonna get it right away because I'm willing to bet that my dad had crazy talks with his dad, you know. Um and Vice, and you know, so on and so forth, you know. So I
0: mean, there were legit talks at some point in time where someone was like, I mean, dude, there were talks when people were like, You and I shouldn't hang out. Right. That was a legit conversation that some people had yeah and it and, wasn't
2: that long it ago wasn't that, no, no
0: it was like less than a century ago. yeah it was i mean in some places it might still happen now but 50, <laughs> year, but 50 right. years ago it was legitimately happening happening in a lot of places and to us that makes no sense yeah but to back then someone had, who had been raised that way even if i bet you a lot of those people went I think this might be wrong. It's still the way you're raised. You you um you grab on to those uh, values, those yeah. morals, how you, because it it feels right. It gives you some kind of path in the world. It, my thing is like when you're
2: uh when you're really young. And like you know, when you're a minor, mm-hmm. so much of what you experience is people telling you what to do, and you're vulnerable to other people's takes. Yeah. that's why, like, uh, when you're a preteen teenager, your peers can influence you. So hard, and yeah. When you get to like late twenties, early thirties, different for everybody, but mm-hmm. around that time, um, a you figure out who you are, and b you realize that uh, there's nothing wrong with being that person, and to defend yeah. that. And if you do that well, overall, you'll be okay in life. Mm-hmm. so life taught you that cut out the outer influences when I cut those out, I tend to be okay yes and ninety nine percent of the time you're right you're right but that one percent is significant in mm-hmm. these cases and it's hard to change that but, It literally takes 99% of the population telling you, no, this one thing you fucked up in. Everything else, you're cool, but you got to fix this one thing because it's crazy. Um, And it's hard to take that because life taught you to uh, protect who you are to your core and that that would be the way you would be okay in life. Um, It's significant to kind of like shift the core value at uh, 30 plus, 40 plus, and it becomes infinitely harder to you. Very hard. That's Um, why
0: I think, you know,
2: like, when I hear of a uh, 80-year-old grandma that goes from uh, never being okay with uh, uh, a gay person or with uh, their kid,
0: yeah. uh, interracial like relationships, and, uh, yeah. yeah.
2: Like, when I hear that, that progress is... Like, mind-blowing to me. Yeah. You know, like, major kudos to that lady and the people that did the work with her, Um, the articles she read or the, you know, the Oprah TV show she saw to make her get to that point. Um, Because the work she did to get there is way harder than the work I had to do and so on and so forth.
0: And I think that the thing that helps people understand that and, and we're talking about more social issues in terms of you know because there's a lot of uh, things going on right now with identity you know in, right in the past five years or five years yeah definitely trans has gone from like something on the outskirts to everyone's talking about uh, how, like how do you identify what are your pro like that's become a lot more mainstream in right the zeitgeist but I, I think back again to your point about being a comic and touring i think the thing that helps people more than anything, is whatever makes you uncomfortable or scared or that seems new. Push yourself into those situations. Yeah. Meet those people. You don't you don't understand trans or you 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 don't get it. Go out of your way to try and meet a couple of trans people. Yeah. And talk to them. And then not only ask, don't only ask them about their experience being tricked, because that's a part of them, but that's not who they fully are. They're right. also a human being. Ask them what sports they like. Ask them what music. All of a sudden, you go again. This isn't trans girl. This is Maria. Right. And I fuck with Maria. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, that's what starts to that's what starts to turn. That is is the meshing of people. And when yeah. you meet someone, all of a sudden, it doesn't go to yeah, my one trans friend or my one black friend. It's just I just know those people like it's just a person right And then right. it allows you to understand it a lot more than they're the other and you know not everyone can do that someone in Dayton Ohio they might don't have be. access they to it not- exactly so, and that's what makes it easier for them to go oh that's the other I don't get them I can only know what I'm told by the people around me who I trust which and that's another thing when you grow up you trust the people that are around you so then yeah. what they tell you you just take as fact because you, you don't know strangers. You, why would right. you trust strangers? You're supposed to trust people who are around you. They care about you. If someone cares about me, why would they lie to me? Well, they do all the time. Right. So then you have to get out of that and then find other people that you choose to trust and then go, well, what do they think about the world? What do they think about this thing or that thing? And then slowly change. It takes time, man. And yeah. that's the biggest thing where… When people don't understand what one side thinks or the other, or they go, why can't they change me? Why is my uncle still think da-da-da? Because, dude, it takes fucking time. They have to have multiple experiences. They have to have those. I think as comics, we probably have these more than other people, but who knows. But they have to have those times where you're alone and you're sitting on your couch or you're on the bus or whatever it is. And then that thought pops into your head about one of these topics yeah, and then you think about it again where you're like, well, why do I feel this way about this, this, and this? And you get a little bit more introspective and then you start to question it a little bit more. And then all of a sudden, two months later, your opinion starts to change on it. You know, it yeah. takes time. It's like, uh, it's such a corny metaphor, but it's like the Grand Canyon being made. What of uh, whatever. It's a good right, metaphor, right. but it's corny as fuck. But you know, it sh- <laughs> <You're> <laughs> I better write say, it in this, fuck, Dylan. You, I mean, come on, man. You got a better <laughs> fucking metaphor. Yeah. But that's what it is. The shit takes time. And so you have to understand. All right, I'm gonna have to put nah. we want it to change. We want your uncle that doesn't like LGBTQ people to immediately go, I'm I'm completely for it. Right. But instead it's going to take maybe five years. It's right. not easy, but that's how humanity changes.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. all it is. It's, it's uh, baby steps. But I'm here for the process. I'm for it. Um, if I say something that's cancel-worthy, yeah. uh, I hope that someone pulls me aside before that, lets me know how they genuinely feel, and
0: you know, uh, gives me the opportunity to grow from it. Um, yeah, I think the cancel, the cancel shit is... I don't think it's productive because... Well, Unless,
2: um, there are genuine monsters that deserve it. I'm, I'm 100%. not 100. percent, but I, I think that there, there needs to be a, a space where
0: you can apologize or you can be told, and, Hey, that's uh, the majority doesn't think that's cool anymore. Right. Or that makes me even one person to go, you may, maybe you don't cancel someone, but if someone comes up to you and goes like, Hey, that joke made me feel this, this, and that way. Even if you don't change your opinion or you don't change the joke, right. you at least go, "Oh, I understand." You might at least go, "How can I make this joke better?" Or include something. I mean, this is for comics specifically, right, right. But, but include something that will make those people feel that there's no, there's no malice in my heart. Right, that's right. the biggest thing: is the malice. Yeah, you know,
2: like I always think of uh, of Michael Vick. That yeah. dude went from being raised in a culture where Uh, dog fighting was normal and he is now advocating for you know like the safety of animals and Mm -hmm. the well treatment for them um i genuinely believe that he believes that but i don't think it was a a one day thing i think when it first came out um he was like what the fuck is everyone spazzing about like everybody fights dogs yeah Yeah. i'm from virginia everybody does that shit Yeah. yeah and he had to like uh see the effects of what he does. I think people had to talk with him, which I believe several mm-hmm. uh people in that community did. Um he had to see the the way people reacted, the amount of people, uh from you know, black and white from yeah, yeah. all parts of his the country. Like yeah. yeah, like he had to see uh players, uh the NFL, his job. Like tell him, yo, the same uh you can't, this. This you can't be doing this. Yeah. And he had a he had to lose his gig, reflect on it and I think he's in another place for that. And I feel that obviously there's still people that, um, will never let it go. But I do think that he, he got to a point to where he fully reformed his image. Um, I like to think that that's possible for a lot more things, you know? I
0: And I do believe that. Yeah. I think that if you talk to him now, he would probably go, yeah, I was wrong. And not only that, I bet I don't know if he would do it. it. It's hard to get people to admit stuff on Mike. Everyone's worried about their image. I get it. Right. But I bet you, if like you, you, Michael Vick and I were hanging out, and we were talking about him, and I said, you know, Mike, so when it first happened, you probably pushed back, and in your head, you probably thought it wasn't that bad, right? No. Yeah. He probably would have said, yeah. And I, I would have said, how long did it take you to fully come to terms of the fact that what you had done was wrong, and that dog fighting was wrong? And it, it you should push against it fully. He probably would have said a while. Yeah. Because he didn't want to admit that he did something that bad. Cause then he has to admit that what I did was horrendous.
2: Yeah. And you don't want to feel bad about that. And like it's not just him, like it's his fam. Like you'd exactly. be it's, like, yo, my dad is an asshole for doing that. My dad like played catch with me or whatever. You know, un- like
0: my uncle, he might have an uncle who saved his fucking life. Yeah. Who loved dog fighting. So he goes. So Uncle Jerry is a bad guy? He, yeah. That guy is the only one that supported me through everything.
2: Yeah. Those might have been, like, uh, special memories for him. That's exactly. when I played with my
0: cousins or exactly. whatever. Exactly. There and happened to be a dogfight there as well. But exactly. But, yeah, it's also where I learned I could – I mean, I learned where I <laughs> throw a exactly. I could make cruel. a whole fucking movie on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, like, it, it's a real
2: thing, like, that it, it's a part of his identity that he had to, like, really disconnect from. And I believe that even more so with him because of the nature of that business. Like uh, – If you like read about like the dynamic of what he was doing, it, it the amount of money he was making everywhere else, mm-hmm. there's no way that was a profitable, worthwhile, like like a no, business no, no. adventure, Expert, right? Yeah, you know, like he wasn't in that for the millions that he no, was making. It wasn't
0: an enterprise
2: that was yeah. making
0: him hundreds <laughs> of millions of
2: dollars. Yeah, he right, we're gonna it. expand, take over the country. Like it, it wasn't. It, it's not logical. It's he not, was not doing a direct that.
0: comparison, but it's like it was his version of playing ping pong. I don't know. It's, it was a game. It was something that he did with. It's still a horrible fucking thing yeah a horrible thing and i think a lot of people it's much easier for them to go fuck that guy he's a piece of shit and a lot of people did and he's evil and then just go there and then go there are evil people in the world and we should get rid of them right and i think that's way too um i don't know if derivative is the right word but it's way too simplistic yeah because instead you go yeah there are some evil people but also i think a lot of people have because of certain experiences, certain instances, they've been led towards um, doing things like this. Yeah.
2: yeah. I, I think uh, people have a lot of things that if uh were fully available and open to everyone else, everyone has a thing that's like, yo, you probably shouldn't do that anymore. Um, and if the world found out, it would look bad. So be, work yeah. on it.
0: That's why you um, have good friends that are like, bro, you got to – Yeah, you got to – You got to with cut that. Because yeah, yeah. I love you and I, I, I know – I know who you are as a full person. Right. And I care about you. And so I know you're a good person. But if someone who doesn't know you sees that, that's all they're gonna think. Exactly. And you know, he
2: uh in a weird blessing got that information, just not the just publicly. the way you want it. Exactly. But um, you know, he's he's learned from it and he's developed and to me, it's like, it's inspirational. Like you can still, he was in his mid thirties, you know, like late, uh, early thirties to mid thirties when that's, uh, from the start to mm-hmm. when he was, uh, back in the NFL, Yeah, you know? So that's someone to me that like, yo, like I could be, uh, fully successful in my profession, man. Um, experience a downfall based on something, uh, based on a character flaw
0: mm-hmm. that
2: I didn't you know. think was a character flaw? That, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and I didn't know it was a thing. And now I, I, I can, uh, I can uh, not only become a better person. Um, I'm still mature enough to listen to other people and uh, change my mind on something that I thought was cool. Like that, that, that whole story to me, like. I don't think people realize the emotional intelligence he showed in that. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's uh, inspiring to me to know that that's possible. Um, both the work he did and mm-hmm. the work that our country did and, and the people did in acknowledging it and slowly accepting him. The dude's like an analyst now, like on, you know, channels yeah. and no one's, you know, the, I, the, at the first. Time, yeah, that's dope that he's able to fix his image and come back and he's work. He's a success story. Yeah. People
0: get to, he's now a story that someone gets to. Tell someone else to go, hey, here's how you can have a character flaw, realize it, learn from it, and then, you know, rise up to be even better than you were before. Yeah. That's the, I, uh, so I was watching that show, The Crown. uh, Okay. And I always think character studies are fascinating of the events that lead someone to do something um, bad, you know? Right. Whether it's uh, kill someone or you know whatever it is, something horrible. Uh, and in this, the guy that like what he ended up doing, he didn't hurt anyone. It's not a big deal. But uh, there was a man that broke into the Bucking- broke into Buckingham Palace, okay, and climbed into the we- the Queen's bedroom, and woke her up. And didn't hold her hostage or anything, but just had a conversation with her while she was there. And then he got arrested for a trip, whatever. And then they claimed that he was schizophrenic. And I don't know if it was. Regardless, the way it was shot, it showed the events leading up to it. He lost his job. His girlfriend cheated on him. Left him. Took the kids. He got the shit beaten out of him by the boyfriend because he tried to go and see his kids and fight the guy. And the guy was bigger than him. He went to... Get more unemployment. The lady was shitty to him. He was riding the bus every day. And it just followed him throughout it. And it brought this humanity to go, oh, yeah, it's never one thing. Right. It's a sequence of things that leads someone from a normal person on the street. But one bad thing happens. They'll be okay. Two bad things happen. Other, okay. But then six bad things happen their view on the world maybe starts to change a little bit. Right, right. Seven, they go, you know what? And then that you know what is what leads them to performing something really horrible. And I think when you watch that, it allows you to go, oh, I'm not better than these people that do really fucked up things. Yeah. Some of them are mentally ill, but but so a lot of the other ones, they just had a much harder time than me. Right. And they had a lot of Bad luck in a row that fucked with them enough to where they went, I'm um, fuck it that's yeah, what yeah. it is, and I think that allows you to have empathy for someone enough to go, let's give them a second ship let's work on what what can we do to try and bring this person back right right from those paths? How do we lead them back down that road to the fork and try to then but it takes time,
2: yeah, I think uh part of being a Healthy and successful adult is um, realizing that that can happen to everyone, including you, mm-hmm. and knowing where you are constantly on that scale. Oh yeah! Like I'm, I'm, I'm very, very big on uh, minimizing stress in my life. I do a yeah. lot to like avoid it. I, I think that like uh, um, being happy means that I have good relationships with my family, uh, my friends. I do a profession that I enjoy that I'm economically okay meaning I could pay bills and that mm-hmm. I can pay for the future if and then finally uh, not like in terms of least importance but um just like adding it up um uh health if okay, you have yeah. those things your life is good so I try to make sure that as many of those things are checked off
0: in the line yeah
2: you know so if you have that you're okay and when one of those things are off You'll start to feel like closer to that point, you know, Um, and you can get there fully on just one of those things being off if it's off enough or if each of them has a thing off. Um, And I think that when you become older, you become better aware of measuring that, checking in, um, and the better you are at assessing that and uh, not only knowing where you are but figuring out things you can do to de-escalate that, the healthier you are and the happier you are.
0: Asking for help. man. Yeah. Yo, I'm not having a good time. I need some whatever it is. That's, you know, when people don't have someone to reach out to to help them out, give them a laugh or just that's what leads people to doing things that if they had everything going well, they probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, You know, they probably wouldn't be hurting other people or trying to steal or whatever it is. There's something that led them that way that way. And yeah. when yeah, and if you can have that mindset and understanding, it's hard to do, yeah. but it will allow you to keep check of yourself. Cuz we've had bad days, bad weeks. Yeah. I mean shit, someone's had an entire bad year this year. Word. You know? And I think about that a lot like uh I'm I'm lucky enough to have had a uh, a job on and off that has kept someone has been able to keep the lights on been able to keep this going that I'm not like freaking out. Right. But that's what makes me upset about how long it took for the second stimulus bill. Right. Not because of me. There's people, of course I could use that money, but I don't need that money. There's people out there that are not feeling heard at all and also are on their last ditch effort and probably in debt that need that money. Mm-hmm. And I don't know them personally, but I, I feel that cause I, I I just know it's true. There's so many people in this country. I know that shit is true. Yeah. And when I go, the, the people making the decisions don't seem to care about that. It it just makes it. That's what actually makes me mad. Yeah. Because they go, oh, you're you're not thinking, you're not thinking about everyone. Yeah. You're 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 too busy maybe thinking, oh, if I pass this bill, I might not get reelected. Yeah. That's part of it. But yeah. also. There's a shit ton there's so many people that you're, you know? I I I get. At the end of the day, look, people are selfish. They think about themselves more than anyone else. Right. That's just how we're wired. But at the same time, if you're representing a bunch of pe- a, a bunch of constituents,
2: you kind of have got to
0: gotta look at yeah, that's what you signed up for, man. <laughs> yeah, that's you the job. You signed up for it. Exactly. And you know, and that's why you're getting all the free shit with the government and that's why you're getting 350 325k a year, whatever it is. Yeah. But Dude,
2: like i uh the during this pandemic uh i found out i was diabetic really yeah so uh i'm sorry to hear that man no nah, yeah. it's cool like i'm happy i know i'm ha- mm-hmm. i'm doing things that i need to do to handle it um but it was a scary moment right so um like uh if you know about like blood sugar like for a Excellent. healthy man yeah, yeah like your like insulin supposed to be like right? yeah. yeah so uh, the day that I got hospitalized, I was, like, delirious. Like, I couldn't. Uh, really? I don't remember the whole drive to the hospital. I was out of my mind, like, completely. So what um, happened?
0: Did your blood sugar tank? Or? So,
2: um, A, I have a terrible diet up until this point. And the only reason I didn't have issues is uh-huh. because I'm a comedian. I walk fucking 12,000 steps a day between clubs five days a week. So during quarantine, oh, I'm, shit, I'm still shit. eating like shit. About that. But I'm sitting down. So, like, I was looking at my iPhone graph. I went from maybe 8,000 steps on average Uh to, like, 200. So, within a month, um, everything started escalating, right? And, like, individually, all these little things, when they happen, I just thought, oh, I'm just getting old, right? So, there was a specific moment I remember looking at the television Mm -hmm. and seeing it double. My vision literally Uh. just blurred. Then the week after that i noticed that i had to pee more so it went from peeing like four times a day to eight to waking up five times a night to pee then it got uh then when i was waking up um i noticed that i had to stomp on the floor to wake up my foot oh cuz it was cuz it was oh. numb and now I'm peeing eight times a night plus 20 times during the day, almost 30 times total. Holy
1: shit. Then
2: when I'm getting the next day, when I'm getting to the door, um, I couldn't after stomping on the floor to wake my foot up, I uh-huh. barely get to the door and then I'd have to like use two hands to grip the knob because neither of my hands were fully uh not were numb as well. Neither of my hands were operating the way they needed to. So, As is, I'm not big on doctors. Every time one of these things happened, I kept telling uh, my wife, and she's like, yo, we got to go to the doctor. And I kept pushing it off. Finally, like, um, on that night when, like, I was having trouble opening the door, and I kept going. I had to do this six times, like, because I kept waking up, having to pee.
0: Oh, and you couldn't open the door. And I couldn't open the door because my hands were bathroom. numb just to go
2: to the bathroom. Okay, so yeah. that's an experience I had to do twice every time. I had to open my bedroom door. Then the bathroom door, it sucked. You know, so I was getting frustrated because I'm like, fuck, I'm exhausted. I can't sleep because I got to pee. And I do not know what was going on. I just knew that shit was going wrong. But individually, I had heard, oh, that's what happens when you get older. But not oh, six Oh, muscle those,
0: cramp. Yeah. yeah.
2: But not all of that shit within a week, right? Mm-hmm. So... That all happens. I'm pissed off. I go sit down in the living room because I'm like I might as well just stay awake and watch TV so that that way when I gotta go pee I go pee and get the shit over with. Um, and I fell asleep there on the on the on the sofa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wake up an hour later again having to pee. Mm-hmm. Um, before my feet would be numb, now my legs were fully numb, completely. Like oh. my legs did not work. So I not tried
0: numb. You couldn't. I oh. couldn't move
2: them. Right. So. I'm trying to push myself up. I don't have grip. My my hands aren't working. My arms work, but my hands weren't giving me grip on the on the sofa arms. So, uh, my wife was like up, but in the bedroom at this point. Um, and she'd stayed up as long as she could, but, you know, she has to go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm like, Trying to push up, and I start screaming, like, yo, honey, get over here. I need your help to get up because otherwise, I'm going to pee on the sofa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and she comes over, and I'm 300 pounds. She's yeah. a buck 30. Like, she- that's not good math, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, I'm trying to push up, and I can't do it. She's trying to help me up. She can't she do can't, it. Yeah. Um, I finally get to the point to where, like, I'm semi standing and, like, I'm stumbling to get to the bathroom. Um, I can't, uh, stand over the urinal, so I just went into the shower, pissed there, and I fell there in the shower. So, after that night, I'm finally like, yo, honey, like, I don't like doctors. I got to go to the fucking hospital. You know, so she's fucking happy that I'm at least listening. Um, I stayed in the shower for like another hour after that just to like make sure I'm fully done peeing. I didn't drink any water so that I could get some sleep.
0: Damn, you just had to sit in the shower. Yeah,
2: because I was like, I keep going to the fucking bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I go to sleep, I wake up the next day and like nothing's connecting. Like she's talking to me like, Hey, we got to get ready to go to the doctor. I spoke with your mom. She's going to stay with the kids. Mm-hmm. Let's make that trip. And I'm responding funny. And this is her perspective of it. I don't even, I don't, remember, don't remember doing remember any of this all. shit. Yeah. Um, I remember the feelings behind the sentiment and even they sound stupid. So she was telling me, um, I felt super sore. I remember feeling, like, in pain the following morning, which makes sense. A, my legs didn't work. I'm stomping all over the place. I'm yeah. falling in the shower. Um, so, like, I remember feeling really sore, and she was like, Gash, so we got to get ready, and getting frustrated with me that I wasn't listening to her. Mm-hmm. And I was saying shit. She tells me that I was, like, uh, I was saying that, you know, this always happens to me in the NFL players. <laughs> and she's like, what? And she's And I was talking about, like, in my head, I was trying to say that like um, I, I every time an NFL player finishes a game, they're so sore that they don't want to start the process of like going into ice bath mm-hmm. and getting better for the next week. And that makes sense in what I feel, but it's a stupid thing to be fucking talking about. Yeah, it
0: kind of makes sense, but at the same time, he, we're like, what? Is, yeah, it's yeah. like
2: there's so many connections that she would have had yeah. to have made to understand what the fuck I was talking about. Yeah, she had to be in your brain. Yeah, so like... I was talking like that. Um, it turns out that like my mom, uh, my kid stayed with my parent, with my dad. My mom walked over, um, helped my wife get me into the passenger seat of my car. Mm-hmm. My mom drove my car to the hospital um, right up the fucking uh, EMT emergency ramp. Um, somebody came over with a wheelchair car and yeah. they took me in. They did my paperwork and then... Um, uh I, I feel like I started remembering stuff about sixteen hours after that when uh I like was in uh ICU or like uh-huh. one of those type of rooms, whatever the intensive care unit was, and um they're giving me they're like trying to regulate my sugar. I went uh three days eating nothing but ice chips because they had to like create a baseline yeah, yeah, yeah. and get everything out. So it was a traumatizing experience. Is what I'm trying to get at, right? Of course, yeah. I spent uh, six days in the hospital. Um, they had to like re-regulate everything. Got me on like uh, uh you know different diet. Gave me insulin shots. I got to take all of this shit.
0: So are you on an insulin pump, or do you just? take I gotta shots? do the
2: shots. Um okay. So I gotta do like a uh, a shot every time I have a meal. So there's three of those roughly every day, and mm-hmm. then a uh, baseline shot at the end of the night for like a slower acting, yeah. but like regulates overall for the day shit. So, um, when I get home, like, I had, like, an emotional week of this year, right? Like, um, keep in mind, this is happening during COVID. During COVID. So, I tested uh, negative. I didn't have any... I tested negative. I didn't have COVID. But this is during COVID. So... Um, I'm in a different part of the hospital that isn't designed for this because the floor that is, yeah,
0: has, COVID patients. has COVID patients. And diabetes is a pre-existing condition exactly. that is, makes it a lot more likely that COVID would be bad. Right. So they're like, we got
2: to keep this dude super separate. Yeah. Um, so basic shit they wouldn't do for me. So like, uh... First, you spend the uh, three days in ICU. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. can uh, I see my wife? No, you're in ICU. Yeah. There's a ton of patients here that are vulnerable. We're dealing with COVID people. Can't bring people, Can't from the bring people in from outside unless it's like they're being treated. Mm-hmm. So then I get transferred to this other room um, for the last three days of it where they're going to like, you know, try treatments. So I'm like, hey, can I see my wife now? They're like, no, again, you're still in the hospital. We're uh, one of the centers of this shit, so all the rooms are dedicated to that no one from outside um i'm asking them for underwear uh for uh can my wife bring underwear and a charger for me for my phone yeah. they're like no like you don't understand we're not letting anyone come in here unless they are a patient period yeah so i spent 6 days literally alone
0: without seeing yeah. without
2: seeing people during that shit so um it, it like it messed with my head a lot. And it's scary, yeah, it's yeah. scary
0: because you you know you you think you're gonna be okay, but at the same time nah. you don't know what's going on. You just realize that a life changing health event has happened to you. You keep thinking, "What am I gonna? I have to do this for the rest of my life." Yeah, I I don't. No one's telling you shit. There's, they're probably stretched thin, and it, you don't have anyone to come for you. Right, and and you know commendable staff. have to give a major promise. They
2: were above and beyond considering with the other things they were dealing with. Yes. Right. Um. But, like, I still felt alone, you know? Um, yeah. so But the doctor comes in finally, like, on the... The doctors were informing me, obviously, when I was in ICU, but it was more like, we just got to save this kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: when I get to the other room, uh, the doctor, like, for real sits down. He's like, yo, like, just so you know, um, insulin levels are supposed to be, like, 100 to 120. Um, For black and brown men, unfortunately, uh, you know, your diets are different. So, like, if you would have been at, like, 140, 150, that's high for... Uh, What we want But that would have been okay When you showed up here Your number was 660 Right So like You should have had brain damage Like you should be done Oh my And keep in mind This is me going 12 hours without eating Peeing in the fucking shower So like I don't even know what the fuck my number was At that point Yeah But but
0: like 800 Yeah So that's why
2: like You know When my wife tells me I had these weird thoughts That's what the fuck was going on I was literally out of my mind I was done So when he says that to me, like, that's some wild shit. Like, yo, like, you should be dead. Like, he's, he's, he's being super blunt as There's a doctor. No one there It's just me and him. You. He's like, yo, you should have died. I need you to understand that you can't do whatever the fuck you were doing. And I'm solo eating that information. So, um, we go through the whole process of, this is what you can eat, this is what you can't eat. Um, I haven't had juice, uh, since then, by the way, for the first time in my life. It's been, like, eight months. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so like he's telling me this and we work on like my diet to get it to like a number that's regulated uh-huh. and uh, A, so that I can be better and B, so that they can see that they can send me home, you know? So my number gets to like 200 and they're like, okay, this is still very high, but you've consistently stayed there. Um, so now we can send you home and this is a prescription that will get you lower. So we do all that shit. Um and I go home, and you know I have like the emotional moments with my family, of course, yeah. you know. And my da- and major props to my mom and my wife who've uh, gone above and beyond in terms of offering healthy food and spending extra time cooking shit just for me. Yeah. Um So. I do the work for like two weeks, right, um, in particular because the doctor says, hey, before uh, I'm giving you uh, weeks of supply of medicine, mm-hmm. you need to go see a doctor. I haven't seen a doctor in 15 years up until that point. So he's like, you need to go see a doctor. A, because you should in general. Uh,
0: B, yeah. because... A, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs>
2: my bad. I agree. No, no, no but it's... But, but it's, it's, it's... It's real it's shit. And ra- that, ra- yeah. And that's why, like, you know, again, uh, ask my dad. He didn't go to the hospitals until he was, like, 60. I was going to say, maybe worked. it's how you were raised. Yeah, yeah, like, I go to work. You go to hospitals when shit is, like, broken. Like, not because... I was going to
0: say, you might have been raised where if you go to the hospital, they're going to tell you something's wrong.
2: Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I felt fine up until that point. You know, so... Uh, so uh, he's telling me, hey, I'm giving you a week of insulin. This is going to run out. You can't come back here for it. You need to go doctor. to a doctor. So um, I go to a doctor and, uh, you know, my wife and I have been working really hard on the food shit. So I was proud because my number went from 200 mm-hmm. to like 130. Yeah, you know, and it's I, almost
0: pre-diabetic. Right, I think under one twenty is considered pre-diabetic.
2: Yeah, so I had I had a one thirty for four days in a row. Um, I uh, I was getting I had a two uh, times where I woke up and it was at one uh, one ten and less. So I, I went into the meeting feeling good about yes. the progress I made, and um, I show up and uh, he he's like, so how you feeling? And I tell him the whole thing, and he's like, so where's where's your number at? I was like, I'm averaging like one thirty to one forty. Um, for the last uh, three days. um, I told him the high point I hit was 180 for one meal so I stopped eating this thing, whatever. And he goes, 180? That's freaking crazy. You're too young for that. And like, he spazzes on me a little bit on some like, uh, concern. Like, but this yes. isn't how you do uh, that. You have to change it. And... But probably not in the nicest... And, and that's the thing. He said it... Way. He said it in a way that hurt. Like, yeah. it really bothered me and... Um, I remember leaving the office dejected, going home and like, uh, then having to go to the pharmacist and that process was a bitch. Like the, the medicine he sent was right, but like a different brand. So they weren't covering it. It took like four trips the same day to get my medicine, which I had now run out of. Mm -hmm. So by the time I get to the house, I was cursing. Fuck like, this. I opened yeah. the door. I'm like, I'm not fucking doing any of this shit, you know? So, like, my wife... This
0: is why I don't go to doctors, man. Fuck yeah, this and shit. It literally, yeah, like, yeah. Every, it
2: was feeding into it. So, like, Gabby, like, sees me and she's like, what the fuck? Like, you left in a good mood. We're doing good work. We're tracking the numbers. Mm-hmm. And you come back like that. Um... And I had, I took a whole day to like recenter myself to say like, yo, I, I, even if this dude was an asshole, he wasn't, but he said this thing in the wrong tone. And then I had the bad luck of it's the first time I'm doing the, the prescription Four
0: times, it's you wrong.
2: know, like, so all of that like hit me in this weird space and I felt terrible about it, but I had to do the right thing. Cause it's good for my health and I want to get better. Um, all that's to say, the reason I bring that up is because all of that happened because the doctor had other shit going on,
1: yeah.
2: Just like our government, right? Mm-hmm. So this dude doesn't realize, and probably still doesn't realize, until I shoot the special that I'm gonna shoot exactly. related to this shit.
0: Oh, you got a good story about it? One hundred percent. I'm putting out a whole
2: fucking album dedicated to this shit. Amazing. Um, but uh, he uh he doesn't realize the effect he had on me that day like i and i i can't imagine how many people in that moment say "Fuck it completely i'm not dealing with this um i thought about like my dad when he immigrated here like if that shit would have happened when he only spoke spanish you think he's gonna deal with the four trips to the pharmacist and the phone calls with the doctor to get that straight Uh, no he's not gonna do that you know so like it made me like really appreciative of uh patients it made me very aware of um, what doctors are juggling and how hard that must be for him because you know, like I feel like he gave me the right info and he happened to mess up in this one thing, like the pressure he gave it involved. To you, with but that.
0: the way that he delivered that package wasn't the. Uh, I would say, kindest and most eloquent way. Yeah. Because, I mean, who knows? He might have just dealt with two people that are on their deathbed. Yeah. And this guy comes in, and he's like, you're fucking diabetic. Like. Yeah, he's like, dude, you're in your 30s, and you're fucking diabetic. Like, he was angry. Honestly, like— And justifiably. But also taking it out on you and maybe prejudging you and think, like, you know, he's thinking— In his mind, he's like, he should know that all these decisions he's made about what he's eating is going to lead him here. Right. How, like, what is wrong with him? But in reality, he doesn't know. You haven't been to a doctor in 15 years. Right. Which which is just how you were rate and all these different things come together. So it's like, it's, again, the confluence of all this
2: shit. And, I'm and, I, and like, in my head, I'm like, yo, like, you're angry at this? Mind you, you don't see the progress I've made this week. Like, I went from never Son, once to the doctor, 600. 600, left at 200. I'm in the 140s. Like, you should be, like, clapping. Give me you a know? hug, bro. Yeah, really? like, I was high. I thought we was going high five. Like, for <laughs> real, I was like, hey, he had an assistant in the room. I was already excited. Like, I yeah, know they're going to give me props. Yeah, it's crazy. You gonna, yeah. I had a notebook with all the numbers and shit. Like, you're going to yo. love me. Hey, Check fil- this fil- out. Hey, film this real quick. Put it on TikTok. You know? Like, I was hyped. I really thought it was gonna be like an all star yeah. like event, like he was gonna call Yo, uh, yo, I got this patient. He fucking documents everything. Yeah, One forty, uh, crazy, yeah. and I didn't get none of that love. So, um, yeah, like I, I, have just become hyper aware of the fact that, like, in high pressure situations, um, it's really easy to make a, uh, to do something sm- um in a in a moment that you think is small and has a huge effect on that other person. Um, and it makes me uh appreciative of people in the positions of power that are politicians, that are doctors, that every time a tough decision comes up, they still somehow find the patience and the mental fortitude to give each of those things the 100% it deserves because it's hard because you know, so uh, A, I'm not mad at the doctor. You know, I I get it. I I've had to make tough decisions too.
0: Could have been chiller about it. Could have been cool. Probably tell you that next time I see you.
2: One hundred percent. He he will deaf hear about that and uh I I I hope that other people learn from that. Um Uh and I and I, I think it's something that people need to a develop themselves and B uh be aware of the people you put in positions of power and hope that they have that ability. That's the thing I'm looking for always. I want someone who can constantly like Reset themselves when a new thing is presented because it's hard to do that emotionally it, it, it's it's a tough thing
0: It's really hard and you know Just bringing it back to what you we were saying before if that doctor had went after you in that uh, aggressive tone and then seen because because also people need to be more present and seeing if they're having this conversation with someone Yeah, see how the other person's reacting because you probably had a pretty obvious reaction to it that you can see in your face. And if you've trained yourself to be more aware and to also admit when you've maybe been too harsh, if halfway through the conversation he had gone, okay, Mr. Almonte, I could see you're visibly upset. I'm sorry. I'm dealing with a lot. And this, if he just and said, let's go over this. I want to get you better. I know that you didn't do this on pur- purpose. I just want you to do- And he had admitted, maybe, yeah. that he went a little bit too far. It could have not only turned that conversation. I mean, you're you're uh, mature enough to go, regardless- I know why he responded. I know it wasn't about me. It's nothing personal. Most of the time, it's not personal. Most right. people in the world, the way they react to you, that shit is not personal. He doesn't know me. F- it's the first time you. he met me. Yeah, exactly. But if he had done that, like we were talking about, admitting when you fucked up, you would have been like, Yo, he would have went from random doctor to, I fucking love Dr. Ronald. For real. He's the shit I'm telling all my homies to go to Dr. Mike. I'm going to try and help out. This is someone who, and in that one instance, could have made you not only trust him, but try to bring other people in and change your mind about that. And th- those are those small little things that when you admit or at least take a second yeah. to reevaluate how you're reacting, it can change the course of things. Truly, like again, like we, like we were saying, all these things happened. If in one of those instances, I mean, luckily you didn't say "fuck this" because you have a family, right? You have a wife. But if you didn't have a wife, you didn't have a family, and then you went to the pharmacy, and all that shit happened. Yeah. You would have been like, "I'll fucking deal with this shit later." Where's where's a don't like what you know what right. I mean? You would you would have went and done that, but instead, you have with all that you have mitigating factors, which is. The love for your life and the love for your wife and the love for your family. Right. But you still realized, damn, a lot of stuff went went wrong today. And right. I'm happy I made it through it. It's those admitting your dude, admitting when you fucked up or admitting your humanity, I think, is one of the most powerful things you can do. Yeah. Cause every cause everyone got everyone's got it and everyone knows. And you think it's making you weak, but vulnerability, that shit isn't weak. It's like. I'm so confident in my strength that I can show you when I fucked up. Yeah. You know? It's it's
2: it's uh it's one of those like when in doubts, like it should be more people's north star. When in doubt 100%. be vulnerable, be honest of how you feel. If you do that, uh it pays off in your personal happiness, it pays off uh in our case in our profession, you know? It's what the fuck uh, yeah. we do on stage, you know? So um, we have double the reason to do it, but uh, yeah, I think it's incredibly important to always, when in doubt, if you're unsure of something and it's and you have a, a lot of mixed feelings, you feel
0: overwhelmed, mm-hmm. when in doubt, be honest with how you feel. I Admit, I feel, I'm overwhelmed right now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You admit most people, I mean, like you said with comedy, a lot of times it helps. If you're having a weird set. Just say that. And sh- then you say, y'all want to be honest. These jokes are not because the audience knows. Yeah, we know they they know it subconsciously. They go, you go, I'm having a weird fucking set. I'm sorry. Here's why I had this weird. And even if it isn't the funniest, it might not be the funniest. But if you go into a five minute tangent about what happened to you that day and why you feel that way and you express your emotions, the good and the bad, no matter what, I'll tell you one thing people are going to remember that. Hell yeah. They're going to remember it. They're going to feel for you and connect with you, and you might actually find something that could be crafted into something funny. I mean, look at Burr. Half the time, we love watching him because he has this unbridled expression of his right. emotion and frustration, and we've all been there, and we're all like, yeah, man, I get it.
2: That's it. You know? It's the beauty of what we do, man. Yeah, uh, I think being honest on stage, it, it's magical. Like, it, it, It's a connection with the room and... Um, it's the only time where I don't need to hear words back to feel that I'm getting a full feeling of a conversation 100%. still, um, because there is connection. still like a weird, con- yeah, it's a connection still. It's still a dance that's happening and, um, it's the only thing close to doing stuff like this that yeah. gives me that.
0: 100%. Dude, th- this was... This is good, man. I haven't had one
2: this good in a while. (laughs) You know what's wild? Like, for the people listening, this is what uh, Dylan told me to prep. Yo, we could talk about Kanye and Kim.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because that was what I was thinking about yesterday. And even coming over today, I was like, hey, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit what happened in the Capitol. And And then maybe even during this conversation, I'm telling you right now, I was like, oh, Maybe we'll end it with a little bit of Kanye and Kim shit. <laughs> and there was no point in this conversation that I went, yeah, let me break the ice with Kanye and Kim. There was so much better shit that I was like, that's so dumb. But it's, it, the, these are my favorite types of, I love doing the show for so many reasons, but my favorite type of, sh- of shows is when I go in, no expectations, and then... For whatever reason you're on kind of the same wavelength and yeah. you're like let's just figure it out and then you get I me mean, i had no idea you were di- i had no idea you were going through all of that and it probably wouldn't have come up if we were just talking about other stuff and even if it did it wouldn't have been the same conversation right. if i had uh If I had, like, you know, teed you up for it, I'd been like, oh, so what happened with the diabetes? Right, right. It would have probably been a lot shorter. You would have been like, this is what happened. I'm doing okay. But instead, because of the backdrop of to what we were talking about and our willingness to go down on those paths, we were able to, I mean, talk about it in a way that I think connects to just humanity again, in general. And, and again, we said this in the beginning and I think maybe even off mic, No, you said it when we were, you were like, yo. I did not expect for the conversation to be this. Because <laughs> right, most right. of the time when we hang out, we're fucking yeah. talking bullshit, it's whatever. It's definitely not this. But it's uh... good. But it's like both in that mindset, you've been, you've been through some shit. Oh, yeah. The country's going through some shit. And also, you know, I think more than anything, the pandemic kind of, it it makes you, I don't know about you, it makes me appreciate being able to have, I, I don't push deeper conversations when they're not there, Right. but when you, when you feel it and you go... Oh, we can talk about some actual real shit for once. Right. You go, oh, I appreciate that. Hell because yeah. most of the time, it's just, especially with the new, everything that's going on, it's all superficial. So when you can just go, let's hey, let's talk about something. Let's figure out where it goes and maybe I'll be wrong about something. Maybe I won't. Let's see what you feel about it. It goes, all right. It, it reminds you like, ah, yeah, this is what's good about comedy, yeah. podcasting, whatever it is. And just knowing different people also.
2: Yeah. Sure not even because uh, it would be a whole new episode, but <laughs> uh, it's also like uh, something that I, I think is important to do and that I think the the quarantine has helped. Uh, it's helped men figure out that they need to do this more. Uh, oh, yeah. Women do a much better job. They're taught to share feelings earlier. Um, this is the first time where I feel like more conversations with uh, my boys has yeah, led yeah. to this like type of space. Um
0: Guys are taught to embrace um, anger, right, and sadness when your mom or dad dies, right. And then trashing this. Only
2: like- if you are talking in depth as a dude, it's because it's a tattoo-worthy moment. Exactly. You know, like, yo, R.I.P., you know, that's the only time you can, like,
0: share feelings. R.I.P., maybe someone <laughs> wins a championship, that's it. <laughs> exactly. But you're literally. right, quarantine showing that, like, yo, listen, we should be able to talk about some realer stuff. Yeah. Or at least... At, at least make it on the table. You don't have to do it all the time because sometimes you're just you know playing Warzone with your boy, whatever you're fucking around, right. right, you don't want to. But for them to have the ability to allows them to again feel heard. You know, right. it's it's again, it sounds corny, but it's a real thing. You want people wanna feel at least like someone else gets them right. or is willing to listen to them. Cause when they feel like they aren't, then they do shit like honestly. Go blow up their car in that or whatever, you know. Right, go right. Blow up the car in Nashville. Go, I mean, fortunately because the quarantine hasn't happened a lot, but go shoot up someplace. Like those right. are people that don't feel heard or understood. And go, well, we'll fuck everyone then. Yeah. You know? And. And you're right. It would be a whole other two hours talking about men, and maybe that'll be the next time. Yo, Gastor, thank you so much, bro. I Always this has do been real amazing, daps, episode. Oh yeah, we it's my got man. it. And this was a, this was a real episode too. Yo, hundred percent. Thanks for uh, having me, homie. Where can people find you, bro? Uh,
2: you can find me on all social medias at Gastor Almonte. G A S T O R A L M mm-hmm. O N T E. Um, my special immigrant maid is available on Amazon Prime, free if you have a Prime membership. You cool. can listen to that on all streaming services, and my uh new podcast, The War. Report hosted with the homie Shalewa was sharp. Out every Thursday. Bonus episodes on Monday. Beautiful. We talk topical news. Um this week's episode will be way off because we record on Tuesdays uh, before all of this shit happened. So but uh, you'll be
0: talking about it on next week for yeah, sure. And Shalewa's was uh I feel like she has a uh, you know, she's lived through some stuff. I think feel like she's got a pretty good mindset on not just what's going on now, just things in general. So you guys should definitely check that out. She she's a pretty learned uh, woman. Yeah, I it's
2: uh it's literally just uh, me learning a lot <laughs> in front of people.
0: <laughs> Her being like, well, actually, yeah, here's why this is going on, and then you like. <laughs> Word? That okay. makes sense, bro. Okay. All right, I dig it. I dig it. How about this? How yeah. about this? <laughs> exactly. Did I tell you I was diabetic? Like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah. We heard it, guys. We heard it. <laughs> All oh, right, soon. We'll talk to you soon, psycho. See you later.